more fantastic than the Fantastic Four. It's Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast every week on the Laser Time Podcast Network. And I am your host, Henry Gilbert. That is H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. Yeah, you can change any time, buddy. Saying. I never will. <laughs> I've advertised it now for like six years. I suppose it's so part of you. Uh, and uh, also here, regular co-host Chris Antista. Sad boy, Christopher Antista, reporting in. <laughs> and the walking Dave is away on assignment, unfortunately. Yes. He's at magic camp, Emergency right? magician practice. Yeah. <laughs> Had to happen. But for this special episode, and this is episode 150, though. I didn't have anything really special planned, just because we have too much to talk about with Fantastic Four. Yeah. And we have an expert reviewer of the Fantastic <laughs> oh, Four film here with us. Returning guest... Phil Kohler. Hello. Well, that, that's like the the last thing I want to be remembered yeah. for. It, look, you're already. Oh, it's on, that guy who reviewed Fantastic Four. You're already on record for having done it. <laughs> yeah. it's just, now yeah. imagine doing it in front of less people, and now you're on Cape Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I know. Danielle got to do Magic Mike XSL, and you got Fantastic Four. Mm. I really got the short end of the stick. Yeah, so so to speak. We're going to talk about that later. I'm. Guessing. Oh yeah. So I am fascinated gonna, by it. Yeah, I uh, cannot wait to talk about it a little. We're going to follow our usual movie protocol, which is. Having the having the spoilery talk in the second segment, just in case people don't want to spoil. But I honestly think no one cares. There's so little. With, there's nothing to spoil. With nothing this movie. fucking happens. <laughs> like that's that's the spoiler. Barely anything happens in this film. Yeah. But uh, but we'll get into that the <laughs> afterwards. But there's a ton of news to talk about this week. Uh, not just related to the fallout of the Fantastic Four, but also it's the uh, only some, thing I've been reading like exclusively. Yeah. But also a bunch of like cool. I, I hate that so many times the news is about movie news, but mm-hmm. there was a shitload of movie news this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, uh, why don't we get you into what you've been playing? Though Chris and I first, reading. we should talk about what we've been eating. I've been playing life. Oh, we we were eating uh, instead of reviewing <laughs> Fantastic Four mm-hmm. the movie. We just we literally walked across the street from the AMC Metreon to the Denny's, nice, and all ordered off the Slamtastic Four menu. Yep, and we'll be reviewing that food instead of the mm-hmm. film. I don't know. We might have. There might be a review up on Laser Time. Won't be by us. They have a, they have a menu called the Slam Tastic. Oh yeah, Four. it's an amazing tie-in. Spoiler: We did not the eat the Fantastic Four cheese omelet. No, sitcom we did not. But yeah, so uh, they had that is a thing. They have the Invisible Woman Slam. They have the Thing Burger, uh, the Human Torch Skillet. It has jalapenos. <laughs> the Fantastic Four cheese omelet. The Fantastic Four fruit That's smoothie. That's more than four dishes. Yes. Well, and, and with nothing for Mr. Fantastic. He gets yeah. Wow. And then the Doctor, Doctor Doom, Doom gets his own lava cake. Lava cake. cake. And <laughs> and then some... Which, by the uh, way, as, someone, as, as, as yeah. a sad person who eats at that Denny's because it's the only thing in San Francisco open 24 hours, that <laughs> lava cake's on the menu all the time. Yeah, they just put Doctor Doom's name around yes. it. But Nothing special. The, they didn't, like, carve his face into no, the cake or anything? No, the bur- the bur- thing the thing burger, the bun, is like looks like it's been pelted by rocks. So that's I guess the that's closest thing That sounds gross. Any yeah, it does. It looks really gross. It, it, looks like, least, it looks like a scabby burger. It at least looks like his rocky skin. Everything else that looks nothing like... But I don't want a burger that... That looks like that. <laughs> I tried to justify the Invisible Woman Slam mm-hmm. is named such because it has the least calories on the menu and will technically make you thinner than anything else you could eat there. Which, by the way, all of which encompass your daily allotment of calories. So I don't think don't Kate, eat at Denny's. Yeah, I don't think Kate Mara <laughs> has ever eaten that food there. No. And also, when we were there too, like I hadn't eaten at a Denny's in San Francisco before. Mm-hmm. Like, 10 years ago, I think, was the last time I really ate at a Denny's regularly in Florida. 
and it had to be a tenth of the price or half the price it well, was. Well, you can at, see that like San it's San Francisco, and they shipped out the menus, and then some poor asshole in the San Francisco Denny's has to pay San Francisco prices like mm. haphazardly on top of the prices for the rest of the country. Yeah. Do you guys ever wonder if boo hoo poor us? If you ever wonder if the Invisible Woman slam, like maybe when you order that, maybe Kate Mara is there eating with you, and you just Ooh, you man. just can't see her. It's true. That, uh, I, that I did feel great. Uh, we did have a fourth. I did feel a pain in my guts. Maybe it was her <laughs> pushing on it. Yeah, um, that's the Invisible Woman slam. <laughs> when, when she set down the food, the pancakes were separate, but there were no pancakes in her first walk over the stuff. I was like, oh, are the pancakes invisible? Teehee. And, but the waitress was also very understanding of us filming things filming at our in a, table. Filming at Denny's. Well, I, I, that's what I said. This like, was at 2 o'clock in trouble? the afternoon. Like, nobody here is paid enough and respects their company enough to tell us to stop. <laughs> yeah. They want us to make fun of them. They do not give a shit. Yes. That is very true. We will continue. Um, but so, on top of what we ate... What, what have reading? you been reading? I um trying to get this out of the way. I just I just caught back up with Secret Wars. Well, because Secret War Fives came out Secret War Five yes. came out today. And I can officially conclude Secret Wars is one of the least interesting books in Secret Wars. Uh, it's not it's oh, not telling you enough. Oh, you everything. mean all the Battle World books are everything more else exciting. is super more is more fun. Yeah. It feels more comic booky. This is like the, this issue is literally a conversation. Well, though this one is telling you everything. It's that a happened. reveal. Like this is exposition overload. Yes. Almost this issue. It takes place in a white room. Yep. And it I, must I have been. An, I wonder uh, if the artist was like, "Can this just take place in a white room? It's really hard to hit." These and they're behind schedule, and right? They got to speed things schedule, up. Yes, it was delayed yeah. for like two months, and like there's almost no art in it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Eh, I uh, still I like the artist Eric. I know Rios, I don't to, whatever. I don't. I just having read Civil War, which I recommend to everybody. Civil mm-hmm. War is an awesome. Secret the Wars Civil comic. War within Secret yeah. Wars, not not the original. And Civil thanks War to my buddy uh, Chris Humans, I got. Um, I'm immediately going to start on, right after the show, probably. Um, uh, Deadpool, Secret Secret Wars, Ooh. and um, the Ultimate End. Just because, like, I had a blast oh, yeah, with the yeah. Ultimate Universe. I understand we have to see it go away. And it's I would, the end of it. it really I, is I, I feel like I've read two uh, End of the World, <laughs> Ultimate World comic yeah. stri- uh, streams. That's not the right word. Cycles, but this is this should be the last one. Uh-huh. And it's even got that awful like vertical, like the vertical. Well, it's got the cover boxing. lever. Oh, yeah, it's awful. It's, Ugh, it's got the cover training. design of all the other Ultimate books. Yeah, it's, it, I've never called something. Ooh, that is so two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny to see the Ultimate books feeling retro now. Yeah. Like that, they were supposed to be the cutting edge of comics. And before we get into the Fantastic, Four, I do want to point that out. I feel old constantly. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am laughing at all you millennials right now who walked in the Fantastic Four movie and see that it starts in 2007. <laughs> Every single one of you listening is older than Mr. Fantastic. Everybody. Mm, yeah, that's true. That was a shock when it was like, oh, specifically 2007. Yeah, he's like like he is, is plucked from high school into mm, the Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so Secret Wars, yeah, it was just a lot of setup. Mm-hmm. And, and it made me think, like, this was the first time I read the Secret Wars books where it felt like, well, here's a flash of something that's happening in another book. Here's a flash of another one. Here's a flash of another one. I do like that Doom is the main character of it, and that after seeing how shit Doom is in the FF movie, that it was great to see, like, no, this Doom is, like, he's a badass still. Or mm-hmm. he's, like, he's he's a scary motherfucker. Yeah, that's it's, it's good to know that Marvel still wants to use Doom in the comics. Once, with all those, all those yeah. rumors floating around of, like, oh, they don't... They, they don't care about the Fantastic Four characters anymore. And... Well, I have to say, an underlying theme of Secret Wars is that the FF is fucked, and they're, like, yeah. nowhere. 
Like, the thing is nowhere. Johnny mm-hmm. Storm is the sun now. Mm-hmm. Doctor Doom built a world where Reed Richards doesn't exist. And so and married his wife? Maybe. And married his wife and adopted his children. Mm. And it's all very... Classic Doctor Doom. Weird. That's just what Doctor Doom does. So I, re- I re-caught up on it, but I read something. I, I bought it a couple months ago, but uh-huh. I just sat down to read it. And I recommend, if you if you like the Venture Brothers at all and wonder why that hasn't mm-hmm. been recreated in comic form, uh, God Hates Astronauts is absolutely... It's a good name. It's, it, oh, you look, pick up the cover. It's a guy with a flaming horse head. You can't miss it. <laughs> wow. It looks hilarious. It's got a quote by Hickman on it. It's, it's really... I just haven't read anything that funny where, like, what do you call those, like, the onomatopoeia words that come out when you get, when people yeah, get hit? Yeah. Like, just most of the time, they're just fuck or fucked. Like, <laughs> and I'm just, I'm reading in the park and just, like, laughing out loud. The main character, he has a cast list in the beginning that says who, who which actor you're supposed to read every character as. And <laughs> ah, the main character is smart. supposed to be John like C. Riley. And it's <laughs> really funny to read things like a character who's immortal but gets his face beat so bad it swells 80 times. The size until a villain eventually pops it, and he just runs off saying, "I can't see shit." And the the the, the, the panel just reading it as John C. Riley. I'm cracking up in a park next to my girlfriend, trying to explain what this is funny. Obviously failing, but I'm trying. I'm trying now and not not doing too well either. But God hates astronauts. It is like the funniest fucking book I've read in a That's really good. long time. You know, I've I've heard before the the I don't know if I would say it's a complaint or just an observation, but mm. that it seems like more and more comics are being written. With the intention of like one day selling the movie rights, yeah. This is like a new a new level of that where they actually start off the comic by like, yeah. Here we've already done oh, no, the but casting it, for but it's you. Impossible. Robert De Niro is, uh, I think his name is Admiral Tiger eating a cheeseburger, and it is always a tiger <laughs> eating a cheeseburger. Um, it's, dude, the book is really fucking funny. Uh, De Niro's in for that. He's yeah, not doing anything. It's the the cast list is so huge they could never afford it, uh, and, that, and it's also like it. If I had to predict one comic, this is totally untranslatable. Massive <laughs> powers used in the wrong way. Lots of violence. Did you? Did you? That reminds me. Did you read the comic version that pre- preceded the film of Wanted? No. Like, they drew every person in it to be an actor. Like the main character is drawn to be Eminem. Another character is drawn oh, yeah. to be Tommy Lee Jones, uh, Halle Berry. The, those are the three it's big a, ones. It's, that was written by Mark Miller. Yeah, right? that was Mark Miller. But then uh, when it got turned into a movie, it was James McAvoy in the Eminem so part. Both in the Marvel and DC universe. <laughs> well, Wanted isn't any universe. I like, thought it had a bunch of DC characters in it. Yeah, but not a name. Like you can just say, "Oh, that guy's clearly Joker. That guy's clearly Luther." But it's not in the DC universe. Love the movie. That feels like a really like Mark Miller thing. Yeah. It 100% is. It's just... Oh, he, that was, I feel like that's kind of what he did with Ultimate... Like, he... With with his Ultimate stuff, he, like, talked to the artist and was like, make this person this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, like... He... That was... I like that in... I think it was Ultimate Issue 5 or 4, where they're having a conversation and they're saying, who would play you in a movie? Mm-hmm. And they're just stating who they are drawn yeah, as. Yeah. They're like, well, he'd be Steve Buscemi. Like, you've been drawing him as Steve Buscemi since issue <laughs> one. Like, duh. Uh, but you know, I whoa! I dropped my phone. So mm-hmm. angry. Live on the live on the air, dropping a phone. Unbelievable. Uh, this is so unprofessional for the 150th <laughs> episode. Uh, well, is I this read, the 150? It is 150. Oh, that's depressing. Well, I, I only celebrate the hundredths. I one. see. We've and, done, we've been doing this a long time. Uh, but <laughs> I'm so old now. Yeah. <laughs> I read two new Marvel books today that are both their last issues until mm-hmm. they get the all new reboot mm-hmm. in October. But they're the two funniest books and my two favorite books in Marvel. Mm-hmm. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl and Howard the Duck. And oh. and I love the, the, the um, subhead or whatever you'd say for uh, Howard the Duck. It's Howard the Duck. It used to be 
Howard the Duck in a world he doesn't understand mm-hmm. or whatever. And now it's called like Howard the Duck in a world he's slowly grown accustomed to. <laughs> nice. And and so this is Howard the Duck mm-hmm. uh, number five, mm-hmm. which is the end for now for it. And so they face this guy who is uh, called Talos, the Untamed, mm-hmm. and he is a scrawl that could never shapeshift who got stranded on Earth. And uh, he has gotten the Abundant Club, which they constantly say, like, this is nothing like the Infinity Gauntlet. It's the Abundant Club, okay? Totally different. And they then have this giant fight in his book, and it's like this huge crossover with all these characters appearing in it. All every Marvel character helping helping Howard fight, and Howard's having all these. It has this great running joke in the issue where Howard will meet another superhero, like say Iron Fist, and Iron Fist will say, "I know you can't fight. I've seen it firsthand." And then it's got asterisks, and then an editor box saying like, uh, "Marvel three and one, nineteen eighty three, number two the two the two-fisted duck and but it's a made-up book like those never happen so he constantly is referring to all these these crossover books with howard that never happened and it's just so fucking funny i love that book so much it's, there's a running gag in it whenever spider-man appears that if you mention anything that makes him feel guilty or that could remind him of his uncle ben he starts breaking down in tears i'm like oh ben ben uh <laughs> it's 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 really great. It's written by Chip Zdarsky, the co-creator of Sex Criminal. Sexy yeah. Criminal. I need to catch up. I love that. that book a lot. And then meanwhile, there was Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, which mm. is number eight, which is the end of her fighting a a very real, uh, well, actually like taken from Norse mythology squirrel, like a a, a world destroying squirrel that's actually from Norse mythology. So yeah. they get to bring in Asgard. This is a squirrel girl fighting a squirrel instead of instead of fighting on the side of the squirrels. Well, yeah, because turning the concept of squirrel girl on its head. Well, because Ritaska Kosor is uh, super evil, and so okay. this is the only squirrel she's never liked, and so she teams up with like Thor and Odin's son, which is the guy who used to be Thor, yeah. and Loki. And and also her best friend, and there's this really funny bit where her best friend Nancy does her own Thor fanfic called Cat Thor, and so she gets to go to Asgard, and she's like, um, "How would it be like if you guys were cats? Can I tell you about Cat Thor?" And it's <laughs> it's it's really great. I, I don't want to spoil every great joke in it, but it's it's really awesome. And I can't wait for both of them to get collected. The collections will be out in a little bit, but mm-hmm. they're. I cannot recommend enough. Howard the Duck and Squirrel Girl. Are these both getting reboots? Oh, yeah. They're yeah. both getting reboots. Okay, they're, they just, uh, like them and several other books like Silk and Spider-Woman and a bunch of others, they had the misfortune of like, oh, yeah, you get to have a number one. And then by the time Secret Wars is in full swing, they just say, well, everything's rebooting. Every book is rebooting in October, and that includes you. Maybe or, next time you'll make oh, it to issue number 10. Yeah, and instead they're just like, but we're on issue 5. Too bad. Number yeah. 1. But the Squirrel Girl and Howard the Duck are both making the best of it. They're mm-hmm. both joking about like Squirrel Girl is yeah. advertising its next number 1, saying, our second number 1 in, in a year, in the same year, <laughs> we're that cool. And then Howard the Duck says, Howard the Duck, number 1. Again, uh, Howard gets a new hat. 
I just like the idea that it, there is an unbeatable Squirrel Girl Volume Two now. Yes. Like, yeah, it's just yeah. like the one, the one book that you never would have expected there to to be a volume two. I know it is. It is rather strange. It's it's gonna suck though. That it'll be. Well, I guess it's really only two months without Squirrel Girl, but that's going to be a long two months without her, Howard. Uh, so, yeah, that's... I, I read one other thing, but I don't want to bogart the conversation. You guys yeah, read anything else? Uh, yeah, you know, I've been reading a bunch of old stuff. I'm always behind, uh, as mm-hmm. I think I mentioned last time, but... Uh, I've been catching up on some DC stuff. Oh, um, since you guys finally. don't talk about DC stuff ever, <laughs> I'm told yes. um, I'll be the voice of reason here, the voice of good comic books. Mm. Oh, um, <laughs> there there has been some good DC stuff I've been reading though. Uh, in particular, I've caught up on Scott Snyder's Batman. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, which yeah. lovely, right? I think it's been incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 last arc with the Joker yes. Endgame was mm-hmm. really really good, really yeah. fun. I think Snyder writes an incredibly interesting Joker. Like his insight into the dynamic between. Between Joker and Batman just always really entertains me. Um, mm. And it's very, like, twisted in a way that few other writers capture. Yeah, in a, if, just from a creative standpoint, I appreciate that anybody can find something new to do with Batman and Joker. Because they've had, I would bet, like, 8,000, yeah. literally 8,000 stories told about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's like, so many writers, when they do their Joker story, it's, it's just doing, like, oh, well, this is sort of the stuff that we've already seen joker mm. in some other form this is the animated series joker or this is man what, what's his Heath name ledger like? Heath ledger joker sure okay. uh th- but this is a this the, is its own thing this feels, yeah <laughs> this feels like its own thing um and then also like the post endgame stuff where suddenly batman is filled by commissioner gordon the role mm. of batman so have you caught up on that yes okay so um, that i've not dived into i yet. only read 41 i haven't read 42 and 43 yet. it starts out really weird and questionable but mm. i i kind of was like I trust Snyder, I trust mm. his writing to do interesting stuff with it, and he has very quickly done interesting stuff with it, uh, including reintroducing Bruce Wayne and like telling a really, I think, very compelling story for why Bruce Wayne isn't Batman right now, mm. and and perhaps why he shouldn't be Batman. Um, that- you know, obviously Bruce Wayne's gonna be Batman again at some someday point. he will be. Yeah, but I did. Yeah, I like that too. That Bruce just showed up because you thought. Uh, this is like a two month spoiler, but whatever. But yeah. it's pretty out there. But yeah, that we all knew Bruce was coming back. Like nobody believed Batman and Joker were really dead at the end of that yeah. scene, at the end of Endgame. But that they immediately like, no, here he fucking is. Here's Bruce Wayne. Like Whoa. they didn't, they didn't drag it out. And I think yeah. I think if they had dragged it out, it would have been more annoying than it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So the fact that they didn't drag it out, and the fact that you know, even if we know at some point this is going to end with Bruce Wayne back as Batman. The story that they're telling to get there seems really interesting so far, and mm-hmm. and the the way that uh, Bruce Wayne and and Commissioner Gordon are interacting now is really cool. Mm-hmm. I guess not Commissioner anymore, is he? No, I guess Corporal. President President Gordon, no. Special President Agent Gordon, 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 I suppose. Special uh, Agent Gordon, Batman Gordon, so, yeah. So. So the opposite of the last three hours of the Ark Arkham Knight for me. Good, good. Yes, exactly. Uh, I still need to beat that game. Um, you, that's, it only bothers me that you can fi- you can kind of finish the game in like a couple hours, and you're forced to play to the end to get no. Yeah, like the the, the, mm. the end of Snyder's run was the same thing, but a much better resolution. Yeah. Mm. Um, I have also caught up on Batgirl, um, reading mm. a lot of the Batman stuff, and the the Cameron Stewart Batgirl. Yeah, arc, which has been. He's really good. Um, a really interesting take on Batgirl. Sort of. I think some people have disliked it because it's taking Barbara Gordon into more of like a like, hey, I'm 
a young woman in my 20s, mm-hmm. I'm not just interested in superhero shit. I'm like having a personal life and dating and doing all this stuff. Um, I found that really interesting, but I think a lot of people have been a little put off by that. And, I do think there's yeah. characters where maybe it could have worked a little better just because that doesn't mm-hmm. quite fit Barbara Gordon's personality mm-hmm. up to this point. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's it been such an entertaining book that I haven't minded. And it's a light reboot anyway. I think, honestly, I had a similar... I had a kind of reaction because I really enjoyed Oracle, Birds of Prey, yeah. uh, Barbara, and written by Gail Simone. Of and course. so that characterization was Barbara to me. And so you read the first issue of Cameron Stewart's book and they kind of bridge it from Gail Simone into this, except like Barbara is kind of like... She, she had stayed out partying the night before. She's lost a lot of her equipment. She has a, she has a more designer, less body armory outfit. And she's, she's just become more of a lighthearted character, not old, but beyond her, wise beyond her years that I would say her characterization was like before. So it was different and it takes some getting used to, but... I do like where she's ended up as well. Yeah, and it's 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 fun enough that I don't mind. Uh, the other the other book that I do want to bring up real quick that mm-hmm. I'm not 100 percent caught up on yet, but I'm in the middle of and really enjoying is uh, James Robinson's Earth Two um, oh, from the New okay. Fifty Two reboot. Uh, I, oh wait, so this is like going back way to the beginning of New yeah, Fifty Two. Yeah, and is that when they outed one of the Green Lanterns? Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, out like yeah, Alan uh, Stewart. No, Alan, <laughs> Alan Scott. 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 Damn it! I was about to say it. <laughs> Alan Scott. Alan Scott. Yeah, Alan uh, Scott is gay. In that, 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 yes. I mean, that's from issue one. Yeah, that's from yeah. like issue one or two. I've I've always been fond of the Justice Society stuff, yeah. and I've always really liked James Robinson's take mm-hmm. on those characters. Um, I don't think James Robinson will probably ever write anything as good as Starman. Nah. But this is like a really. Uh, this is this is a good book for a lot of the same reasons. Like he really gets these old characters. Um, he really gets how to make me care about these characters again, um, mm-hmm. and I'm really enjoying it thus far. I am only about halfway through that run, and then at some point, I think very recently, like in the last two or three months, it the series Earth Two ended and got replaced by Earth Two Society, well, which is I think the more proper sort of Justice Society. So thing. that's why I didn't read it beyond the first two issues. Mm-hmm. So I read the first two issues and like I'm gonna wait for the trade. But by the time the trade came out, then I was hearing these stories about how like there was a lot of behind the scenes struggle and then just like James Robinson just flat out quit the book. Yeah. And so that just made and, me say like I don't know if I want to read this. And maybe like, by the point I, I like I'm I'm just finishing up the like second or third arc. Um mm-hmm. so he hasn't quit the book yet where I'm at. Maybe by the point that happens I will be like, oh this is a lot less interesting. But so far it's very good. Also uh his Jay Garrick as Flash is is really good. He has a really good take on Doctor Fate that okay. makes Doctor Fate an interesting character. It's mm-hmm. it's like yeah. a lot of characters who I think people are eager to write off as, you know, sort of old and boring, and he mm-hmm. refreshes them in a way that doesn't lose the spirit of those old characters. Um, but does make them a little bit more palatable, I think, to a modern audience. Yeah, and I know I agree with you that I feel like I've ne- I haven't read anything by uh, Robinson that's as good as Starman. But but that's also the- like because Starman is so fucking good. Yeah, yeah. But I think even like an average James Robinson book, which Earth Two isn't, but an average one from him is like better than most other creators. Better than right, most so. DC books, certainly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, I've been I've been really enjoying that, and maybe it does lose its its luster later I, on but but so think, far i'm liking it i think when the new 52 started too it helped that earth 2 was like one of the only books that was in its own single universe yeah. that it was that he kind of had a much more open playing playground than the other books did yeah and the weird thing though is they do and maybe this is 
where there started being those behind the scenes struggles. Uh, I, I have read like World's Finest, um, mm-hmm. which was Huntress Power Girl book. Oh yeah, and Huntress yeah. and Power Girl came to the DC universe, the regular universe from Earth mm-hmm. Two, and at some point it becomes very clear that like they have a whole history already predetermined for Earth Two, and like a whole like timeline of how things went down, and maybe that's where James Robinson kind of got started getting annoyed that he had to like stick to that. Yeah, I I think I would have gotten annoyed. Well, I did read one DC book this week. I did read uh, Excuse the, me? the third the third uh, of the digital only, well not digital only, but digital first series, DC Bombshells, oh. which is a really good book. Is that weekly? So it, yeah, it is weekly. Okay. And so DC Bombshells, it actually kind of reminds me of, uh, it's, it's one of those we can have our cheesecake and eat it too type deals. Uh, mm. But so DC Bombshells is uh, written by Margaret, sorry, Marguerite Bennett with art by Marguerite Savage. They're based on a toy line that DC did, a collection of statues and mm-hmm. stuff that redid women from the DC universe as in the like 40s pinup style. And so then they made this whole series about them. But it's written by, you know, these two... I, I follow uh, Marguerite Bennett on Twitter. She's one of the more, like, ardent feminists that writes for, for uh, DC. And so they they have, like, these really cool 40s-style drawings of uh, Batwoman, Wonder Woman, and Supergirl. They, and they all look great, but they also are written as... As uh, the story is, the World War II started a year earlier in this universe, and the superheroines are the only ones there helping fight the Nazis. For some reason, there's no supermen in this universe, and so Batwoman is is fighting them. Uh, Wonder Woman has this awesome thing where it's a, she, it's a feminist hellscape, is what you're saying. Yeah, it's yeah. a feminist hellscape. It's yeah. it's misandry gone wa- wild here. Yeah. It's it's horrible. But that uh, should be the subtitle: <laughs> misandry goes wild. K Price is one fifty. Uh, there's, there's a. But it's a fun book. I like the. I think it's a fun. Comicsology is claiming to have a bombshell sale. Mm. By that. Oh yeah, it's all no, the books yeah. starring the bombshells. Yeah, but like a lot of like really old shit and kind uh, of a. There's eh. some good books in there. I'm just like, oh shit, I'll buy some. Bo- oh, you bastards! A Supergirl from 1994. Yeah, yeah but for a dollar each, I could point people to I some good uh, DC ones in there. But there's like hundreds of yeah of comics in there. It's 15 pages. Uh, okay, did anybody else have anything they read this week? They no, that is all I read for comics. Okay, well, I do want to get into a few news things before we get to the break and then sure. dive into Fantastic Four. But so I saw Black Panther. Yeah, uh, spoil it. There's tons of Civil War spoilers out there. Yeah, now it's of, like, actually getting pretty obnoxious. kind of want to just avoid If I see anything about Captain America Civil War, I just don't want to read it. I and, accidentally clicked on one. Here's what side everybody's on. Like, yeah. uh, that probably would have been fun to figure out they in said, the theater. Oh, I didn't see that. I'm going to avoid that. And avoid they said, that. here's the inciting incident. I saw that headline, too. Like, here's the equivalent of the oh, you saw Stanford the... explosion they really? said that well that's what the headline said I didn't read it mm. and also ones about uh, will Spider-Man have two costumes in Civil War and all these like I did see things, I did yeah. see the like first shot of Black Panther yes yeah. um, and it was like a really like <laughs> it doesn't show a lot it's just but a it, daylight photograph it does, it does look like it could be a cool costume yeah. it, but it well, also looks a, like they it looks had like, a picture of that costume already when they announced Black Panther movie it looked like it had a couple year. things on it that were placeholder for effects animation mm-hmm. and that's because yeah. it looked it did look a little bit like kind of like a motorcycle jacket uh but mm. with some 
with some compartments that maybe some effects were supposed to be at, but either way, it's like, isn't Black Panther just skin-tight, dude? Yeah, uh, well, he's a skin-tight black outfit with yellow eyes, yeah. yellow panther eyes, now no mask, but he does have discernible gloves. Mm-hmm. Like, he has gloves with his vibranium I, claws I am not upset that. about it. I, I, no. I, I just, I was like, weird. If, if you would have showed me that picture like two years ago, I wouldn't have said Black Panther at all. That Civil War movie really is Avengers 3. Like, it's... Kinda, yeah. 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 It's the real Avengers 3 in Infinity War. Or is it the real called. Avengers 2? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> that might be. <laughs> it's, it's every, it seems like every, the, you know, the excitement honestly, has shifted yeah. to Civil War that was yeah. meant for Age of Ultron. Yeah, you know what? I'm actually more... I think Civil War will actually... Because when you realize no heroes will die in the mm-hmm. Avengers verse, probably, that Civil War will at least like fuck up their alignments or mm-hmm. whatever. And... Though, see, Civil War, well, some people say you, some rumors also I was reading said the Hulk will be in it, but seemingly the Hulk <laughs> is not in it, and neither uh, is Thor, so you're missing those two key components of the Avengers. You get to have Hawkeye play for once outside of an Avengers movie. Uh-huh. I, I did see some new stories. You get to see Black Widow they were like, Here's in, some leaked in an outfit pictures. that won't be an action figure. Here's leaked pictures of Spider-Man from Civil War. And, like, mm-hmm. fucking assholes. They took, like, a picture from a Spanish movie of a kid wearing a Spider-Man <laughs> top of pajamas oh, and, like, blurred from? it up and, like, <laughs> shot it from another corner. It's just it's from a movie just that's America hasn't trick. seen. And they that's totally tricked trick. everybody. That's a good trick. Jerks. Uh, but in in the small screen news, CW announced a lot of stuff. Yeah, like they, they, yeah. that was really cool. They showed that there was that awesome picture. I did a story of it on the site, but they had that amazing picture of Jay, well... It was Jay Garrick the, mm-hmm. is going to be, Flash. yeah, the original Flash is going to be in season two of the Flash series. Yeah, as somebody who just was talking about that Earth 2 mm-hmm. stuff that I've been reading and, mm-hmm. and who's talking about how much I love those old characters, that was like the immediate way to make me, like, I've heard good things about Flash, I've been yeah. meaning to watch it, but seeing that picture, I was like, oh, well, I'll start watching the Flash tonight then, alright. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, I, I've apologized on this before, but when the Flash premiered, well, for the first few months, listeners were saying, Henry, watch the show, it's great, I was like, Psh, uh-uh, I watched Smallville and Gotham sucks, I bet Flash sucks too. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Not sucks, and just then, boring. But then when I finally watched the Flash with the halfway point season mm-hmm. uh, two-parter with Firestorm in it as I realized like oh this is like a full-on superhero show yeah. this isn't like winky well, bullshit just, as, as and po- I, I will say Arrow too like yeah, I, I feel I like uh, Arrow starts really slow but by like halfway that's, through the first season I was like oh shit this is really good I mm. did but looking that's this is Flash's marketing and, and unlike we grew up in an era of our favorite heroes being brought to the screen and then, they wear a trench coat or something. Yeah, they're trying. They're marketing at everybody but us. Whereas Flash mm-hmm. seems to really understand who its target audience yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. That promo image is the recreation of the Flash of Two Worlds comic, the classic. Yeah, so you're not Flash getting any uh, lead in from the voice off of that advertisement. <laughs> it's not going to happen for you. Well, maybe it is that CW can just like aim at a slightly smaller yeah. audience, and so they don't have to worry well, about that stuff. I, I think the thing that's interesting about it, and I think this is just like a, a side effect of mm-hmm. superheroes becoming so big in pop culture in general, but. Mm-hmm. Um, that is how both Arrow and Flash I feel like have been marketed Mm -hmm. and it hasn't really made their audience smaller like those are both incredibly successful shows no um, to the point where like you know I I remember at Comic Con this year they had an Arrow panel and like the big news to come out of it was like by the way Arrow's gonna take the name Green Arrow this season and it's just like everybody flipped out and (laughs) cheered and I'm like it's just it's, it's incredible to see audiences wider audiences caring about that shit Mm -hmm. no and it's and it's so cool that they can make like they've shown the season two flash costume 
that the, one of the few things that was different from the comics that they made it less comic booky is that he didn't have a white uh, emblem underneath his lightning. And now in season two, he does have the white emblem there. Mm-hmm. And oh, so shit, that's that just, changes everything. It changes everything. <laughs> uh, and they also said that uh, Arrow is going to have Constantine crossing yeah. over, even though the show's been canceled. Now it's, that's but that's awesome. I the show got canceled. Of, yeah. and he gets to come back as the same character. It was, he was a good Constantine. Isn't that kind of like what happened with Angel when Angel got or no when Firefly got canceled? Then Angel just got some Firefly actors in it. Didn't well, it? both yeah, Buffy and Angel got Firefly actors, right? And right. they were playing the same characters from Firefly. Sometimes no, no, it didn't happen. <laughs> uh, Caleb's but, totally different. But I think it's cool they at least like said, all right, fine, Constantine will probably never have a TV show again, but this actor can come back whenever we feel I'm like I'm surprised it. somebody didn't pick that up. Uh, yeah, like Netflix or whatever. Yeah, or like to keep it in production. Like that mm. show could have... Uh, I wasn't watching it because it was on NBC. And that... Who would watch oh, NBC? Uh, excuse me. Mm. Uh, fine NBC Universal products. I'm very... Uh, NBC's a great company. <laughs> oh, right. They just invested. Oh, they did. Oh, I had not heard of mistake. Edit that out. Uh, NBC's wonderful. They're great. I don't edit that. (laughs) No, it's just I I don't watch television on television. I don't don't either. Don't tell my corporate overlords. And and not to disappoint uh, our listeners who hate hearing us talk about wrestling on Mm -hmm. every other podcast than a wrestling Mm -hmm. one, but... Arrow actor Stephen Amell is wrestling at SummerSlam. I'm so he, stoked for this. In a real Sardust? match. Yeah, it is, it, it's him. He's uh, wrestling as Arrow. Yeah, oh, as, he is? As <laughs> no, Arrow. No, he isn't. Yes. Is he really? Teaming up with I didn't Arrow, know that. Teaming up with Neville against Stardust and King Baron. Neville, so. it should be, should be clarified for those who don't watch wrestling. Oh, yeah. Really good wrestler. He uses a finishing move called the Red Arrow. Oh. Um, so it's uh, there's a little bit of a connection there. And I assumed it wasn't because and of his Stardust hot and good is looks. like a living Stardust is like a living comic book villain. Yes. like yes. he basically just dresses like. Uh, it's like a buff Bowie. No, no. He had the uh, Mr. Sinister. He was like Mr. Sinister <laughs> yeah, for yeah. the X-Men now. And he does he does like he monologues on like yes. weird cosmic uh craziness. Uh I, I'm really excited for this. I, I really hope he's wearing the green arrow costume. Also, I really hope he's actually shooting arrows. Um I, I know that, that that probably should get him disqualified, but I just yeah. wanna see it. I wanna see them do some weird like It'd be funny once if they made something a no DQ match, and then he's like, "All right, Arrow yeah. just shoots with the boxing glove." Yeah, whatever, whatever <laughs> they bring uh, mm. Hollywood superstars into wrestling matches, it's usually a bad thing. Yeah, the reason that I'm excited for this is one uh, that actor uh, Stephen Mel. Mel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he he's very like he adores wrestling. He actually cares about it. Yeah. He's wanted to be in the ring forever, so I'm, I'm hoping that's a good sign. But two, like it's just so goofy that I think it could be really fun. Yeah. And I hope that they just have fun with it. I hope they I, do something really entertaining. Yeah, and once you have Stardust in there, it's like it's silly. We know it's silly. This isn't like apparently two SummerSlams ago, Daniel Bryan was originally gonna have a match with Charlie Sheen, which is like Ugh. why the fuck would that ever happen? Or same with like Mickey worst. Rourke and uh, knocking out Jericho, like that's garbage. Yeah. But meanwhile, Stephen Amell, who is a young guy who does stunts and stuff in mm. a tag match, too. Yeah. Just silly enough. Also, I think it's... I wonder if he's doing it, too, because he is in... He's Casey Jones in the Turtles movie, yeah. Turtles sequel that's currently filming, where Seamus, pro wrestler Seamus, is, is playing... Bebop? Bebop or... Wait. Yeah, something. Uh, the pig guy, whichever... No, wait. No, he's not... No. He's they, not the pig guy. He's, Rocksteady. He's Rocksteady. They okay. could be setting it up so that when that movie is coming out and they're doing the press thing for that, they can bring him back and have him do another match. And <laughs> yeah, around WrestleMania or something. Yeah, uh, but, they, he could just be the guy who comes in to do matches as the characters in the movies that he's in. 
Or maybe Raw's moving to CW. Why don't we just talk oh. about wrestling instead of Fantastic Four? We ha- oh, well, we, we would love to, let me call but... over Dave. We'll just start a new podcast. Hit <laughs> uh, that but file. You should be you should be on Cheap Podcast one of these days. We mm-hmm. need to ask you again. But okay, real quick, just wrapping up the rest of the news. I read this great interview with Brian Michael Bendis about the relaunch of Guardians, which is mm-hmm. happening post Secret Wars. And the thing that excites me most is how the thing is joining the group, yeah. and it's really great. Like he. I was totally just like, oh, you're just sticking the thing in there because there's no Fantastic Four for him to be in. This just feels added on. But he was talking about how the thing got his... He was with the Fantastic Four, Ben Grimm. Mm-hmm. He became a member because he was a spaceship pilot. So he's their right. fucking <laughs> pilot of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. And also when he's the thing in outer space hanging out with other monsters and stuff, he's the least in. weird looking guy ever. So he's not self-loathing he, and stuff. You don't have to dig blind chicks anymore, Ben. It, it's a weird... It, it's a thing where like... A thing. Uh, <laughs> it's a storyline idea that at first I had that same reaction as, mm-hmm. as you, but when I think mm-hmm. about it, it kind of weirdly makes sense. Yeah. Like, he's always felt kind of exiled from Earth in a way. Like, he's always felt like he doesn't belong amongst humans because of his uh, creepy, horrifying form. <laughs> I read a bunch of his solo comic, and it, half of it is on other worlds. Yeah. Battling yeah. demons in an, inner, in an alien arena. I'm I'm pro this. I think it could be yeah. really cool. Yeah. Bendis had this great joke. Brian Michael Bendis is Jewish, and mm-hmm. he had this great joke about how he says he loves the thing, and he also has Kitty Pride in this book, and then he says they should call the book Jews in Space instead. <laughs> and then his other joke was that he's like, I don't know. It, he says the thing won't be self-loathing anymore. I don't know how to write a self-loathing Jew, like or a non-self-loathing oh, Jew. Oh, Bendis. Uh, Oh yeah, Tom Hardy wants to make a hundred bullets film, or he's, he's going apparently to. He's is producing, producing it, but starring not in confirmed it. to star in okay. it. Okay, uh, but that's fucking rad. Yeah, hundred bullets honestly should be a TV show. It is it a should. giant, messy, super. The sh- the comic I read till the end, but mm-hmm. I didn't. I started loving it, and mm-hmm. I ended liking it. Is mm-hmm. just because it had a more complicated mythology that I got tired of than X Files. Like that's how. <laughs> That was the problem with with Hundred Bullets. But yeah, I've never I, finished it either. Uh, and lastly, Chris, I well, well, I don't know if you saw this news. There are new rumors about the Marvel Star Wars Disneyland expansion yeah. happening. Yeah, they bought some more stuff in Am- Anaheim. Like yeah, they got more real estate. Rumor is they're bulldozing Toontown. Oh, but I, I read a I read a. But that didn't work. It in confirmed the, that didn't I was correct. Roger Rabbit, but they're doing it this time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they already did it. They already did it in Disneyland uh, or World? Disney World. Yeah, yeah. and there it looks like that whole. I don't know if you know Disneyland. That whole backside of it is going to become something else. So they say. So the rumor I read, which D twenty three is coming up, mm-hmm. so we they might get the announcement out. They say that Star Wars will be in addition to Disneyland, mm-hmm. and there will be a Marvel ride or Marvel rides added to Disney uh, California Experience mm-hmm. Adventure. Adventure, yeah. And that Good, they were it's really boring. There. That it was being likened to the uh, uh, Harry Potter worlds that were added to Universal Ooh. Studios, which were are they're the best thing about Universal Studios. Universal, the Simpsons. Okay, the Simpsons is my personal favorite, but the mm-hmm. best production values mm-hmm. they have at Universal Studios is Harry Potter by a mile. Last time I was at California Adventureland, I spent thirty minutes on a walkthrough ride, air quotes, <laughs> hosted by Colin Mockery and Rosie O'Donnell about how to make a tortilla. So that can just get bulldozed. Oh, no. That can just yeah, get bulldozed right yeah. now. Uh, did, speaking of D23, um, I saw a headline, and maybe you can confirm for me whether mm. or not this, because I didn't click through and read, mm. but I, I heard uh, no new Star Wars trailer at D23. No, 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 no footage. footage. No new footage. Huh. Yeah, no, that's that, footage. That that's kind, kind of, of sh- surprising. Yeah. Kind of a bummer. I is J.J. Abrams just not wanting to show as... Does he want to show as little as possible of the I, film? You know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if 
if that is the case, and also if maybe internally at Disney too, if maybe they're like, this is Star Wars, we don't really have to sell it. We don't it. have to show I think dick, D23 like. is a different experience, and I honestly, having been there once, like to introduce Star Wars and Marvel to that crowd would really fucking clash. Like, mm. there's a lot of like super old ladies who just want to like <laughs> chip pieces off of old Disney, like monorail carts from old Disney rides, oh. and I don't know how they're going to mix together with cosplayers sure. of that nature. I, to be clear, I've never been to D23. So I've been once, totally. but it, it was like it Wrapping was mostly tales, right? Yeah, yeah, it was mostly it was mostly empty, but like mm-hmm. I loved it. Uh, the crowd is really. Uh, they showed some stuff in there that they that never made the light of day. Unlike every other thing that gets shown at Comic Con, people were courteous enough at the Disney wow. convention to not film shit. Uh, well, I'm also that hateful eight trailer mm-hmm. that was oh, yeah. amazing. I love that trailer it's and good stuff. And a commenter re- reminded me of like, so we'll have Star Wars on the 18th, and then a week later, the hateful eight. Like wow. that. With that's that's it's quite be a, a December. nice December. Merry yeah. Christmas to me. Yeah. yeah. All right, we should take a break. Indeed. Uh, and when we come back, the spoilerific discussion of the Fantastic Four, plus your answers to last week's question of the week about your favorite Fantastic Four books. <laughs> See you soon. Welcome to the break of Cape Crisis episode 150. I know this isn't an anniversary episode and we should have done something more special, but there was just so much to talk about the Fantastic Four, as you'll hear in the next segment. We uh, are not kind to it, but it's more like mystified anger than like just shitting all over a bad movie. But uh, you'll be able to hear all about that in our spoilery talk after the break. But I just wanted to thank all you guys and gals, everybody out there, who listens to the show and for your attention and your love and everything, you know, it's it's just incredible that uh, we're at 150 now. Just to think about what like a milestone episode 100 was for me last year and, and you know, it was such an important moment for me in a lot of ways, honestly. And and so, yeah, to now hit a year since then is, is really great. Ah, it's beautiful. And just to think how far we've come in that year since then, you know, I left the place I was working at. We started a Patreon uh, for, for the Laser Time Network. I've been made this my full-time job. I'm working all the time on this show. I have been recommitted double and triple to this show in the time since then. And it's just been a really great year and in a really great, you know, three-ish years that we've been doing this. And I just, I keep having fun with Cape Crisis. I, I hope you do too. I hope you've enjoyed it all these episodes and, and we'll keep going. We're going to hit 200. I know no podcast I've ever been on has gotten to go to 200. But this one will be the exception. And, but, and again, thank you all for your support, whether you're doing it on patreon.com slash laser time and, and giving whatever you can a month and getting all those extra freebies or just if you've ever given us a review on iTunes or, or if you've told a friend about the show or if you've tweeted at me saying how cool it was or tweeted from your own account or Facebook and shared it and letting people know how awesome this podcast is. All those things really help us out. And, and there's so many other little ways you listeners have, have, have helped me out of this time and i really do appreciate that i i really really do uh and so here's the 150 more and gee i guess the the only other thing left is the hanks corner 
pick of the week. You know, we talk so much about Fantastic Four, and I have a whole issue, or I have a whole article on the site called 10 Fantastic Four uh, Comics That Are Better Than the Film. So if you're looking for just a bunch of suggestions of great Fantastic Four comics, boom, there it is. So I think I'll just have a separate suggestion here of one thing that wasn't in there, which it wasn't the brand new day run specifically of, of Amazing Spider-Man, but during it, there was a series of books in Amazing Spider-Man where he had joined the Fantastic Four in their book. And so in the Amazing Spider-Man book, these were stories of Amazing Spider-Man hanging out with the Fantastic Four. And it's just, those two teams have such great chemistry, uh, they have such great chemistry, and the writer of the book, Dan Slott, has such a mastery of the Fantastic Four, I'm honestly a bit sad that he's never actually written the core book on a monthly basis, and I hope someday that he does, because he is just so good at it, and I'll have a link to this week uh, in on the page for this week's episode for this collection from the Amazing Spider-Man run he did in big time of... Uh, Spider-Man on the Fantastic Four, and it is so good. And again, it is it is just such a great book. You need to check it out. You get to see what the Fantastic Four is all about, which is the opposite of what the movie does. And this this is a great adventure. And of course, of course, on the 150th episode, I have to talk about a Spider-Man book is the pick of the week. I wouldn't be me if I didn't do that, you know? Again, you can buy that through the links on Amazon that are on this uh, week's episode page or buy any stuff through Amazon on those links, and it helps support us. But you know that because you've been listening this long, and I tell you about it all the time. All right, enough of that. Again, thanks, everybody, on this special anniversary. And now, back to the rest of the show with the Fantastic Four. Avengers Assemble! It's time clobbering for time. the... It's clobbering time, and we're going to clobber the Fantastic oh, Four they, movie, I, I think. Mean, I, I they even not. screwed up the, the freight. They, uh. Yes. All right, so real quick, spoilers from here on if you actually plan to see the Fantastic yeah, Four there's movie. There's not much to spoil other than really like your isn't. personal experience. There's, yeah. there's no story to be learned. Uh, yeah, I, like I will really uh, emphasize here... If you are at all conflicted about whether or not you're going to see this movie, mm-hmm. um, or whether or not you care about spoilers, don't worry about it that much. Mm-hmm. Just listen to us because we're probably going to tell you everything you need to know. And I, like, there's just yeah. I, I cannot state enough. There's so little that happens yeah. in this movie. Well, so Phil, because I, I, I talked to my buddy. I sent like my Hollywood un, unnamed Hollywood friend, and they were talking about shoot. it was director Josh Trank. It was not, <laughs> but like hey, he knew people who worked on the film, and it was this that there were there were shots of. He's like, I saw them film scenes in Times Square. On a Times Square set. On a Times Square yeah. set. There is no Times Square in the film. There is mm. no... There's. I'm like... I was like, really? There's. They really don't... There's a high school gymnasium and a junkyard, a warehouse, and a, a green screen planet. I, I saw somebody mention yeah. um, in, in one of the reviews that I read after mine went up. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't... 
necessarily cover movies primarily, mm-hmm. so I don't necessarily have this kind of like insider knowledge. But I saw one of the reviews that I read said it was like a typical Fox thing, which mm-hmm. is in their yeah. action movies, especially the action movies they want to make on the cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, they just have like warehouse, army base, like these really generic yes. settings was... that look the same across all their Fox movies. Right when I got home, I'm like, wait, that was 120 million dollars? How did you spend yeah, 120 million dollars I... on that? Yeah, well, okay, is it all the things mocha? I, I know it's. <laughs> Well, okay, so Phil, I, I didn't want to say you reviewed it for Polygon. And I, I did. And you did not give it a positive review, but you didn't like you didn't go into it saying like it's time for me to tear apart the Fantastic Four. Sure. Like you gave it a fair review, like it was a professional fair review, but yeah, it wasn't good. Like the yeah. movie's not good. And I left it to thinking my my question after watching was like, Well, who is this for? It's not for fans, mm-hmm. it's not for it's not for kids, it's not for non fans. It and then Chris's answer was for who's it for? It's for Fox. Yeah, it <laughs> it exists for Fox to keep a to keep a license. That is why it exists. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I went into it. I actually watched it with my significant other. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, God. and well, she she agreed. You know, I was I got to go for an early review screening. Uh-huh. He got to bring her as a plus one, so he's like, okay, we can take a date night without having to actually pay for a movie. Cool, nice. poor woman. Yeah, <laughs> but but. One of the things that, uh, you know, I always like using her as, like, a test when mm. when I'm watching superhero movies because I come at it from the perspective of a real hardcore comic book nerd. I've read a ton of Fantastic Four. I really know what those characters are and what I want from them as a comic you, fan. You have expectations beyond that of the average moviegoer. You have baggage. Yeah, and, and uh, Janessa is... She reads comics here and there, but mm-hmm. she's not, like, a hardcore comic book fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times she'll end up liking something that I didn't, or or she'll have different perspective on it, at least. Uh, mm-hmm. As an example, like Man of Steel, um, mm-hmm. I liked it more than most people did, but I definitely had some problems. Janessa adored that movie. As somebody really? going in without any comic book expectations, without this idea of, like, this is what Superman should be. Superman is this, and yeah. not that. She which ad- was my mm-hmm. feeling. Yeah, yeah, she adored that. Um, okay. So... When we got out of the theater, I was, you know, I, I spent the last probably half of the movie just in pain. <laughs> got out of the theater, and I was really curious to see, like, okay, what what do you think? And, you know, kind of, like, turned to her, and she was like, so that was awful. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, like, breathed a sigh of relief, because I was like, I don't know... I, I, I don't know what I would have felt like if if she'd been like, no, actually, it was really good. I liked it. I'm like, oh, maybe it's just not for me. It was a mess. It was a mess. That's. I mean, there are a lot... I I was keeping a positive attitude for, like, the first hour. Mm -hmm. I had just gone off last week on this show. The Fantastic Four, a lot of that shit is really, like, rooted in the idealism of the 60s and the Mm -hmm. space race. And the movie moves so slow, it reminded me of, like, a black and white trip to Mars movie. And I'm like, I'm... This and is, then the monster this comes is okay. back. And, and then there's like the the third act is fucking insane. Like if it like a little more artifacting, it looks like a PS1 intro. I, <laughs> I'd say it's the last third of the film. It's or, crazy. Or once it's like, they have the year jump, is when you can really tell they the just most, like said it, fuck this. It's like. the most placeholder dialogue I've ever heard in my entire life. We gotta get him. I mean, uh, not to not to jump ahead, but I like the last lines of the movie are, are so incredibly yes. awful. Yes. Oh. It is just like astoundingly but terrible. My, my well, and it just felt like a sprint to the end of like, we gotta fucking finish this now. And I think I think I want to give Trank the credit because Fox sucks and, and kind of always has. Uh, and that they're ruining it. My, my only uh, proof of that 
is the awful wig Sue Storms adopts uh, for the last third of the movie. <laughs> Mara's wig is awful. Her hair is, all, I can only describe it as unreasonably blonde yes. compared to how she looks like well, earlier Well, because you see film. her in the interviews and you're like, okay, Mara, Mara chopped off all her hair. Yeah. But in real life. And, yeah. But So she has real hair in, in many of the early scenes in the first half of the movie. But it is. And, the- and to be clear... Uh, it sounds like they did significant reshoots. Significant, um, like not that long ago, like no, what, three six months. months, three months, I, I, three months ago. My guy said three months, and I'm like, well, what was the vibe on the set? And like, I wanted, I wanted some because to me, it, it, it's it's a fascinating failure, it, yeah. it, and like not just like the stories coming out of it yeah, are I'm, more interesting than the film by a long. I'm beyond by a butchering the Fantastic Four. Like, how did? Usually you shouldn't present a movie like this to people. Like, how did this happen? How did you? you how had all could this, money. this how did, And you had yeah. years. Like, you were planning this and for years. And they had years. And, like, I saw... I really liked Chronicle. I mean, it's, I don't think it's as... Mm-hmm. I think it was just the novelty of the found footage approach to a superhero movie. I don't think it would have been that interesting otherwise. Uh. Without that cachet. Uh, but I wanted to see what Trank was going to do. Uh, and I... There's a lot of the movie I like leading up to, like, before anybody gets in their powers, and that's a lot of the fucking movie. It's fucking most of it. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of the movie, and, like... I, I read a remark saying, like, it is it is an 100-minute movie, and 50 minutes in, they're like, you don't have your powers yet in a 100-minute in a movie. That's, I thought, like, but I thought they were they were getting towards an unconventional payoff that, that was building to something. Mm. Tonally, the And then it becomes the most conventional all. thing yeah. of all time. And, and I, so there, I think there there is a weird movie buried somewhere in Trank's... But according to my buddy, I don't. Yeah, I'm not under any journalistic obligation. But like, I drank and meth and coke and not showing up to sets and having to have his hand held by the mm-hmm. producer yeah. Simon Kinberg and like. Well, and, yeah. There's there's a lot of stories coming out. I think everybody's initial response was, "Oh wow, uh, Fox must have really fucked this one up." And it, uh, but then immediately after that, a lot of the stories started coming out. In fact, Trank himself sent out a tweet. Yes, the day before the movie hit. That was which you would say is is the sign of somebody who maybe is not acting in their best interest. Certainly, but yeah. yeah. That he said, I would. I had a. a I'm slightly paraphrasing here, but mm-hmm. his tweet was there. I had a fantastic version of this movie a year ago that would have gotten better reviews. That would have gotten better reviews. You'll probably never see it. That's reality, and I mean, he. I, I read so many interesting write up about this about how like. Uh, Josh Trank is hardly the first difficult person to work with on, on a film and that there have probably been many successful films that had a difficult director on them yeah. that still ended up being good. The difference is that like the, the, the difference is that is Josh Trank being used as an excuse by Fox that like this movie sucks because Josh Trank made it suck and we fixed it the best we could. You, you remember or is it the other way around that Josh Trank made something good but different and then Fox would rather just hack it yeah. until it became something small, normal. Small plug for Fade Out and all other 1940s entertainment that talk about the Hollywood publicity spin machine. This is something that mm-hmm. Hollywood used to do. They would yeah. trash their own contracted people in order to get them out of their contracts yeah. and to save a little face for things that they did. And I, I, I just I want to give the director all the credit, but my buddy's like, I, like legitimately messing up things on set, like really big fuck ups. Uh, so I don't know if now is the right time to do this or not, but uh, somebody somebody did point me towards a really interesting I, article. I, okay, I want to hear mm. this. Uh, so this is from uh, comicbook.com mm. today. Uh, they posted an article. Let's get rid of that ad. Sorry about that. <laughs> but today, and when you say uh, today, you do mean Wednesday? The bicycle. yeah, the day we're recording. Yeah. I should say. Yeah. Uh, Posted an article about uh, new details emerging, um, including the fact that apparently Josh Trank has lawyered up mm. in preparation for potential legal action. Um, that's how bad things are Ooh. getting. Uh, 
So okay. I did see. I saw a report that said that somebody said they could quantify the damage his tweet did. Like Fox could say, "Your oh, tweet man. cost us ten million dollars." Yeah, like, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, because that was. I'm sure a lot of people saw that and were like, "Oh, maybe I won't go see that this weekend." Yeah, because it was the day before it came out. Okay, anyways, I, I knew uh, I was going. Uh, so apparently, one of the details that emerged is that. Uh, Days before the movie was released, he sent an email to the cast that said he'd seen the final cut, he loved it, he adored it. He said it was, bet, quote, better than 99% of the comic book movies ever made. What? Um, and then according to, again, these are the details that have leaked out, he received a response from one ca- cast member only, mm-hmm. and the response was, I don't think so. uh, here's some of the details of like here's uh okay he he hired a lawyer named marty singer who is apparently a uh, Mm well-known hollywood lawyer Mm -hmm. um to be an advocate on his behalf Mm. here's details that are leaked about what was going on on the set uh one insider says he holed up in a tent and cut himself off from everybody he built a black tent around his monitor he was extremely withdrawn he would go to his trailer, and he wouldn't interact with anybody. Mm. Um, during takes, he would be telling cast members when to blink and when to breathe. Jesus. He kept pushing them to make the performance wow. as flat as possible. Oh. Mission accomplished. Yeah. yeah. In the scenes, it felt the most, like, trank-ish in the <laughs> film. Those were definitely flat. Yeah. Uh, so, apparently, uh, there's been some, some stuff coming out that he... Uh, while the movie was filming, he was also in a an issue where he was having problems with his landlord. Yes, I, re- I saw something, about, something holding about his, up his dog. dogs. Yeah, yeah his and, dog and they wanted his landlord in um in the house that Fox rented for him mm-hmm. in Baton Rouge wanted to evict him. Um, uh, so he said he had photographs of the landlord's family uh, in the house uh, that he defaced. What? Um, the landlord made a complaint to the local sheriff's department and filed a civil suit in Louisiana that is sealed. The sheriff's department says the case was closed as a civil matter between landlord and tenant. Oh my god, I think... I... That sounds... That uh, kind of sounds like Fox gave them money and said, let's not talk about this anymore. That um, kind of lines up with that meth thing you were saying this earlier, is, Chris. There's more. There is more. This keeps going. What? Wow. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> okay, one source says that the movie was always ill-conceived, made for the wrong reasons, and there was no vision behind the property. I mean, I think we know, like, hmm. one of the reasons it got made was so that Fox could yes. keep the, uh, the Fantastic Four property. According to a report I read, they have to have a movie they, in production every so, seven years. And, yeah, this and, is a quick thing that, like, they had to have a film in production in 2014, and it had to come out in 2015. Yep. And should Fox just... People are saying, oh, maybe Marvel will get back from it. They have People seven are more saying, years. Fox can wait till 2022. Yes. Yeah. Which might be how long Marvel would want to wait anyway. Yeah. But keep going. But keep uh, going, Phil. Like, yeah, this, this is, this is more. damaging this is it so much. I feel Marvel's got a little bit of a chance here to get yeah. it back. Yeah. This thing is really they could, Honestly, Marvel could sue Fox. Like, you oh, damaged God. our property. I, I, that, I, that would be crazy. Uh, yeah. Fox were terrified of losing the rights to Marvel, and the reboot was in chaos before shooting even started. Um, they were, quote, afraid of losing the rights, so they pressed forward and didn't surround Trank with help or fire him. Uh. They buried their heads in the sand. So essentially the idea being that regardless of whatever problems they knew were there, they didn't offer help or offer any sort huh. of punishment. Yeah, um, man. <laughs> they initially considered firing Trank, um, but they said they Fox had faith in director and believed he could be the next J.J. Abrams. Mm-hmm. Um, as it became apparent that he couldn't cope with the movie, it was simply too late to ditch him. 
Yeah. Uh, this is from a quote from the source. How do you ask someone to take over half of a movie shot by someone else? You either hire somebody desperate for work, or you start over, write off pretty much the whole budget, and lose the cast. Is Richard Lester still alive? <laughs> well, yeah, and that that was a rumors too that like Simon Krinberg mm-hmm. and the other producer Produce. just just directed the rest of the yeah. movie. Like, that, uh, and so speaking about the the uh, reshoots, a lot of material was shot with doubles, and the production with doubles, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and the production was moved to Los Angeles to film scenes with Teller. Uh, that would be uh, Miles right. Teller yeah. who yeah. played Reed. Richards uh, against a green screen, which would explain how bad a lot of that looks. I mean, there's a uh, lot of bad green yeah. screen in that movie. It was chaos as a crew member, adding that Trank was still in attendance, but was neutralized by a committee. Jesus. Wow. I mean, the, the last shot of that film when they're all standing in a line in their new base or whatever the fuck Capital that was. Capital City? Who could forget? That, they look so bad there, especially <laughs> the thing. The thing looks yeah. worse than he does in the entire yeah. film. Like they, it's, it's like they forgot to do a lighting pass on his model or whatever. But I, I want to hear one more. And then the, the final note here uh, is, uh, who was responsible for that terrible ending in second act? Fox reportedly put together a dream team to rescue the movie, which is what led to the reshoots, <laughs> and that included Drew Goddard. Whoa! Whatever wow. he and the rest yeah. of the team did obviously failed horribly. Uh, well, so there's just a little bit wow. of like, and, and you know, obviously this is wow. behind the scenes anonymous sources unnamed from, uh, that's comicbookmovie.com. Sure, uh, but, but like you've seen the movie, yeah. it, it suggests things like that. Like yes. when I see, yeah. that, that's what I'm most fascinated by. It it's is, not a good movie. There's There's been bad comic movies before. Well, that's why we're it talking about this. It doesn't hide the problems film. in any yeah. way. Yeah. And no. From Fox, Electra. hey. Yeah. But also Fox had been on the men with comic book movies like First Class and Days of Future Past were mm-hmm. good movies. Then the way and Deadpool at least looks eight million times better than X Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah, way sure. more promising. And so and, like, and uh, I don't want to just blame Fox because Fox was bad in the past. Well, like, and, and the interesting thing too is like, and I, I don't know that I would necessarily agree that this is the worst superhero movie. But if you no. look at like the actual reviews, um, it's got the lowest Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. score of all the superhero yes. movies. All of, yeah. all of them. All of them. I think it's turned into like a Geely where it's yeah, just like, oh, sure. this is open season on this thing that everybody agrees is bad, but everybody's like, oh, we all agree it's bad and we know we can attack it, so we're cool. And, yeah. and like, Catwoman, Catwoman was definitely a butt of a joke, while meanwhile, mm-hmm. Elektra, it, like, nobody even cared to mock it. But I would say both of those are worth, worse comic book films, modern comic book films, than Fantastic Four sure. is. Catwoman is... is- Probably more embarrassing on a technical level, and, yeah. and Electra is is violently boring. We got out of this movie, and and Janessa and I were talking about the last Fantastic Four movies mm-hmm. from uh, 2005 and 2007. We recently rewatched yes. it. Yeah. yeah, we watched yeah. five recent 2005 last week, and uh, you know it's been a long time since I've seen those. But uh, you know, Janessa was like, "Oh, those were those were so terrible," and I was like, "You know, I think." If I had a choice, yeah. I would rather go watch. I think they're more watchable so, than this movie. Okay, is. I totally. This was a this was a major thing I wanted to talk about. Mm. We saw we watched 2005 on Monday. That was mm-hmm. our Monday night movie that we streamed commentary with our Patreon. Later time. Um, and then we saw Fantastic Four on Friday, and I tweeted. I said 2005 was better, and I still stand by that because yeah. mm-hmm. 2005. From rewatching it, I, 2005 is a massive bore and is similar to 2015 
in that both have no action until the very end. Yeah. And it's a crappy fight against Doctor Doom in both cases. I, I will give the movie credits. It's the best Mr. Fantastic scenes I've yeah, ever seen. But he still looks like shit. At least, like, at least the 2005 Fantastic Four is a little campy and yeah, fun. Yeah, no, it they seems to smile shit. every once in a while. Yeah, and I thought that campiness was like bad then, but I was like... Have some fucking fun and have yeah. some colors. If, like if the if the like choices between mediocre campiness mm-hmm. and mediocre like grim and gritty like attitude mm-hmm. with Fantastic Four, I think I'm going to go with mediocre camp. Like and that's, I, a, that's a, a, say, it's absolutely the wrong movie to take that in, approach with. In but. 2005, the character they knew what their character traits were. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they did the best job with them, but they're like Thing hates himself and thinks he's ugly. And and can't deal with being a monster. The Human Torch loves being a superstar, and he makes fun of the thing all the time. Reed and Sue have a have a strained relationship. They still love each other, but mm-hmm. they can't balance work and family. And I'm not saying they did a great job, but they knew those things. While meanwhile, in the case of FF, like Johnny Storm does nothing. The thing kind of hates himself, but they barely talk about that. Reed and Sue seem to have no interest in one another whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And the thing in Human Torch, Human Torch at the very end makes fun of the thing. And when I heard that, I was like, fuck you. Like, why are you even doing this now? You should yeah. have never done it. Like, if you're going to have him mock the thing at the very end, why didn't you do that at any other point? Also, can we talk about how the the movie turns the thing into a killer? Yes. yes like, that's, into, fucking, that's kind of that, fucked up. Into an that, assassin. Oh, I wanted to compliment you on that. That was my favorite bit of your review because you said... He, uh, the thing is now, he's just like, shrug, guess I'll be in the army and kill people. And then you had just this, like, one of the best Jack Kirby self-pitying images of the thing. Just going like, I ain't go good for nobody. Of course she left me. Yeah. <laughs> I should I should clarify, uh, that was actually our entertainment editor, Susanna Polo, who did the layout. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And she picked the perfect panel to put there. Well, that, she did a very good job. But the I, thing was it basi- worked well. That panel is awesome because the thing is basically saying, like, she was supposed to call me at five and now it's six. So she probably just has a new boyfriend. And why wouldn't she? Because I'm so ugly. <laughs> like yeah, that's why. Penny's that's right. Why, that's why. That's why I love the thing. That kind of shit. And that thing is not in this movie at all. And th- this thing yeah. is also very sad. But he uh, takes his sadness out on random foreign soldiers by killing them. Yeah. And you see it for four seconds. So you're even denying you the for, action. Like, yeah. You that. don't even get the action. You get. A, you get a like. A, a shot at the action on a monitor, on a tiny yes. monitor, like at a it weird was, it angle. It was the same way you viewed Hank Pym footage yeah. uh, from Ant Man or Godzilla until the end of Godzilla from last <laughs> year. But it was at least that was a directorial oh, but then, choice. Then he, he like Godzilla. reruns off, escapes a facility, and becomes a hermit. Yeah, or, just and, runs away from this facility the, naked the in tracks, the snow. The thing tracks him down. Like here it is. Here they're they're going to clash with one another. One headbutt. The scene is over, and we're back. And in the I warehouse. looked at and you. It, I looked at you as like. They just fucking like it just stopped right there. We just, just left the warehouse have, for like a second. For have one the thing second. versus Mister Fantastic fight for a little. There's bit. clearly just, a conflict. You yes. you missed the the worst part of that scene mm-hmm. too, or worst part of that whole like subplot, mm-hmm. which is Reed Richards stretching his face yeah. to be a different face. Yeah. So oh my god! Can, I like, totally forgot about so that. So that he can like pretend to be like a Hispanic, like Brazilian, Venezuela. Yeah. That was garbage, and it it went nowhere. Like he was. There was, there were so many drop subplots in that movie mm-hmm. like you could st- that were still there because you can't fully remove them. Like he was building something there that should have been paid off. It was never paid off. He yeah. was building shit in Brazil, which I was sure they were when they said 
oh, Dr. Doom ran away. Well, and then Reed would say, well, this is broken, but I've been building the same thing in my place I mean, in Brazil. Yeah, he's the only it. one who can fix it. Um, that was shit. It was, and, it was. It, but that's what I'm saying. There was another movie somewhere. I don't yeah. think we got the payoff that uh, Frank had Sue, originally envisioned. Sue and Human Torch do nothing. Nothing. Yeah, yeah that, that, Sue in particular is is so wasted in the movie. Um, she doesn't they, get to go on the origin even ride. Get to go. <laughs> they they for some reason instead of just building a thing because they have to bring Doctor Doom on for this mm-hmm. one to like just give him his powers. Pods. Just have five just, pods. What are you doing? What's so wrong? That's, with I, the whole time I saw there's four pods and like how the fuck are they going to leave Sue Storm out of this? Yeah. Please tell me it's not going to be a sequence like you boys. I'm telling, mm-hmm. and I it was even worse. It was even worse. She got hit with a bolt. And uh, also, that they can just drunk call Ben, and Ben's just like, "Oh yeah, I guess I'll go with you guys." Well, you're drunk. Let's do. Let's go. Let's actually, go to a science. Thing. I found myself happy when that happened because there hadn't been any adult relationship between Ben and Richard, yeah. which is kind of important. I mean, Ben vanishes. He vanishes, from the film. and he calls yeah. him right before they test out the equipment to go to. Planet Zero. Planet Zero. Um, I was going to call Planet X. You planet, remembered better than I planet did. Planet Zero. Uh, yes. I. Uh, they said negative zone in more of the trailers. Like, yep. <laughs> just come. Well, out. we could talk about the differences between the trailers and the yeah. movie quite a lot. Like, I liked. I liked the scene where they called in Ben just, or, or like the scene before that, I should say, where they were drinking, just because it was at least a moment of levity mm-hmm. um, for once. In for that, once. That. But it also introduces like one of the worst parts of this, which is. You know, like, one of the traditional things with Fantastic Four, and particularly setting up Doctor Doom, is always like, oh, well, like, Doom is kind of secretly responsible for, mm-hmm. like, he did something wrong, or he had, like, a, a wrong thing, a uh, wrong part of the equation. Yeah, and even, in, even in Ultimate Fantastic Four, that's what it was. Yeah. Doctor mm-hmm. Doom had the wrong, he messed up the equation slightly. Yeah. And, and in the original Fantastic Four, it's like uh, initially not that, but then I think they go back and introduce it as that later. They well, kind of in, retcon in, it. In college, he hates Richards because Richard says, hey, this machine you built to communicate with your mother in hell isn't going to work. You messed up this <laughs> one thing. And then Doctor Doom says, forget you, Richards. It does work. It explodes on his face. Yep. And instead of listening to Richards, he says, Richards must have sabotaged it. Yeah. It's very heightened and silly, and as the Venture Brothers would say, what college do they go to? Super crazy no-way school that they're <laughs> him, Ben Grimm, and Dr. Doom are all in the same college, yeah. but whatever. But, but, but anyway. The, the, the weird thing about this movie, the weird thing about how it presents it is, mm-hmm. at that point in the movie, when they're about to go on the... They're about to, like go to planet zero mm-hmm. uh dr doom is actually really likable he's and really nice, nice. like yes. he's, he's like oh he's kind of a dick but yeah. he's not like he's not a he re- villain he redeems himself I, before yeah, becoming a villain. he and, occasionally says words of like i don't like people and the world would be better off without people and he also yeah. plays assassin's creed with his face i've yes. asked a ubisoft employee to confirm that that scene actually happened in the film but it was t- i swear that was a sad i don't know what it, sure it could have been i mean it had a white it outline like the, on the guy he was attacking it looked like the new yeah, it, looked it looked like, like the uh, new one syndicate yeah. and he's yeah. playing yeah. It with his face and also how about that orange crush everybody a giant i love it orange crush <laughs> there's yeah. orange crush but there in, in every scene where there there's a desk there's a can of orange mm-hmm. crush and i just love the idea that dr doom drinks but that's orange. another doom loves and that's his another and that's another little thing they don't commit to of like oh dr doom is kind of jealous or doom is jealous that that Sue is liking Reed more than him. That never comes back. Or, I mean, I guess he it's does say very one rare. line at the there's, very end. Yeah, but. there's like one thing, but uh, it, yeah, it it, it just um, basically Doctor Doom like mentions about like, oh, nobody's gonna ever remember the scientists who did this, and then it's Reed who is the one with the hubris. It's Reed who's, who's like totally irresponsible. Like, yeah, yeah, and it, and it's just like this doesn't feel right mm, it doesn't yeah. feel like a good origin and i realize like i'm Just not against the, you know, i'm not against emphasizing the fact that reed is a flawed 
character because mm-hmm. he should be. Yeah. But this is this emphasizes it in the wrong way, and it really makes him like a giant fuck up. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't make sense. So much no. that movie doesn't make sense. I mean, I read other things. Io Nine had this amazing parody of the script of the film, and. One of the points they make, even at the very start of the film, Dan Castellaneta is like Homer this, Simpson. He's a dick teacher to Reed, which doesn't make sense because Reed is a clear genius who would be testing beautifully in his class all the time. Like, is Reed somebody who fails every test but makes weird inventions? Because that that's, is not communicated right. at all. He, he had the same science teacher for, for what seven like years. Ten years. Seven years. It, and I'm like, did they, did they go to a private school? Like, no, yeah. Ben Grimm's poor. Remember that? Yeah. It, and they're in a high school gymnasium when he... And also, like, it seems to be a county science fair of just, like, every grade. Yeah. Here's yeah. a 12-year-old yeah. next to him. And like, also, like, uh, I like that uh, that Sue Storm and her father is also kind been, of a, a terrible person in yeah. a different ways. Franklin but, fucking sucks. Yeah. But Sue, and, Sue Storm and her father, Franklin, just show up at this county science fair. <laughs> and, like, at, later on, there's a line. Like, this is something that doesn't make any sense, and they shouldn't have drawn attention to it. But instead, later on, there's a line where I think they're talking to Franklin, and, and mm-hmm. Reed's like, have you ever thought what would have happened if you didn't show up to that science fair? <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, like, I, when I was in the theater, I was just like, wait, yeah, why the fuck were they at that science why? fair? We're yeah. recruiting! The well, back the Baxter College. So that's another one of the points people made about the in that I saw many people making that like in the trailers there's a really good uh, speech by I was looking at the actor's name Reggie Cathy who mm-hmm. I love he's a great actor who plays yeah. Franklin yeah. he's amazing but he taught he was on House of Cards with, with Kate Mara, Mara. Uh, but anyway that he talked about in the trailer he says what's different now we have Reed Richards he built this in his. He built this in his garage, and he can finish building this thing. That fucking speech wasn't in the movie. Yeah. Like that should have at least implied that he was following Reed Richards yeah. and went there with a purpose. Like it, they just didn't bump into him for no goddamn reason. And the monologues that Franklin does have in the movie are just like the worst, most generic. Yes. And and like the the other characters, especially make, when he dies. Yeah, and the other characters make fun of it throughout. They're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, is he going to monologue? Yeah, he's monologuing." Yeah. But. Like they're making fun of something that is actually That's, bad and not fun to yeah, watch. <laughs> we, the moviegoer, don't have anything but that. Yeah, yeah, and that they're pointing out that oh wait, you didn't want what's case, so you don't want them to be killers for the army, or mm-hmm. you don't want to put them in danger working for the army, but you did want to send them as the first people <laughs> ever into planet. You Zero. were fighting for them to be the guinea pigs. Yeah, you you were like, like no, they have to go into the place and be guinea pigs. I am forcing my son nobody, and daughter to do. Nobody this. knows better I'm, than these eighteen year olds. I'm pro like suspending disbelief yeah. uh-huh. in, in in movies like this, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's really they can't keep tugging you in different directions yeah, with that shit. And it's really bizarre that that there was any sense of like, oh, the scientists who created this should be the ones to go. Like the scientists who created the spaceship should have been the ones to go to the moon. And it's like, why? What? Yeah. That's a, like. I guess not, give not, science no, scientists need, credit, but that's yeah. not only that. You're in a room full of faceless adults, and the, we're gonna we're gonna credit <laughs> yeah. this with the three eighteen year olds. Yeah, yeah, and that, and the yeah, like Neil Armstrong was he was a per, and Buzz Aldrin. They were physical specimens who also could fly the thing, mm-hmm. and they were like they had trained for years to go to the moon. They yeah, kind of kind of shits on those guys. To, yeah, <laughs> it does it really did? It was like eh, fuck Neil Armstrong. That could be anybody. He couldn't have built the fucking uh, spaceship. <laughs> That guy sucks. Like, that seems uh, like an insult you get from your mechanic. Let's just you build this thing. <laughs> oh, you can drive this car pretty fast, but who cares? You couldn't uh, build it. Where are you going, Dale Earnhardt? You can't build a chassis uh, engine. And he, speaking of him kill like the thing being a the thing being a killer too, mm-hmm. is 
the way they built all those trailers, mm. they like when those trailers started airing like at most six months ago. Yeah. And which also was weird because it was like, why are these why are they taking forever to put out these trailers for this movie that comes out this year? But when they started coming out six months ago, they must not have known at all what their final film would be because there are so many scenes in it. Yeah. I've read multiple articles like, here is every scene that's in the trailers that are not in this movie. And it's the, over the negative and zone over is a different color. It's a different color in it. <laughs> They call it the that negative zone. There are multiple different scenes yeah. in it, in different pieces of dialogue. They really refer to uh, another bit is that um, uh, oh, the guy from Oh Brother Where Art Thou, uh, uh, who directed Tim, Tim Blake oh, Nelson. Yeah, Tim Blake Nelson is also in the Hulk. He yeah, he was originally named. He was the character who becomes the Mole Man with yeah, plans yeah. that he will be the Mole Man in the sequel. Obviously, his head explodes, and so that won't happen. And they <laughs> renamed his character th- for that reason. Oh, really? And yeah, I did his, not know. yeah, his character's name was the secret identity of the Mole Man at one mm. point. Oh, that brings up a good point too, which is Victor Von Doom's name. Well, oh. Victor Von Doom's name is is one thing, but also like, what's up with Doctor Doom's powers? Like, they're yeah. whatever they need to yeah, be. Yeah, it's just like. On any given scene, once he has them, they're just like whatever the scene calls uh, yeah. for the villain. Mind to have. bullets and electricity. That's and all now, I got from it. The part of him, okay, that was a shocker too in the movie. Like I, I did say to Chris after we saw it that like the only part of the film that felt like it had any energy was the over-the-shoulder yeah. walking through a hallway and him making people's head explode. Mm-hmm. But that also, like, how'd they even get that in a PG-13 movie? Like, there's uh, yeah. blood exploding everywhere, yeah, exploding heads, and. And also, in the trailers, and this was like a five-second scene they cut, which had special effects in it. In the trailers, is Human Torch finding dead bodies and then torching up, flaming on, to go fight Doom. That's not in the fucking movie. Like, (laughs) they spent the money on those special effects, but they cut it from the movie for what reason? I don't think it'll merit it, but I I really hope there's... Dude, special edition... Yeah, uh, multiple cuts. Let's. Do I mean, this. they need to recut that. Yeah, pro- prove Josh Trank's tweet wrong. Not do that, the, but the like, real directors. I'll pay again to see a movie I don't like. <laughs> if you do that, uh, it's, it's, we're comic book fans. I'm the only audience. Yeah. That's the only audience this movie has left. It, like morbid curiosity. And also in the trailers is a scene of I don't know if you guys remember. There's a scene of Doom is Doom has come back and he's his metal body dumb shit whatever. Oh, Doom has come bad. back. And Reed is talking to him. Like, it's Reed talking to him, not Tim Blake Nelson. And Reed is saying, uh, what, what's coming, what's coming? You're not even wet, ready for what's coming. What's coming? Doom. Yeah, yes. That yeah. scene wasn't in the movie. Reed doesn't even... Like, how can you even have a connection? It, that scene is important because Reed and Doom can have a connection I, in that scene. I kept saying, it felt like there were reels missing from the movie. Yes. The end kind of like... I've never seen a movie slam shut and like, we're just done. Yeah. Crew's going home. We're, fucking we're shooting done, this. Man. We're done, like, Yeah, once... And I'm not I, even talking about the one year later jump. No, when Doom runs away, I was like, well, we'll probably have like a 10, 15 minute break of them figuring out how to get to Doom and they've got to, they've got to pull themselves back together. Their father just died. Mm-hmm. They need to figure some shit out and then they'll fight Doom. But it's like, okay, we can immediately fight Doom right now. Let's walk this way. Okay, cool. <laughs> Although, to be fair, I was a little bit thankful for that. Um, I will well, say... I wanted it over. Yeah, sure. I, I got out of the movie and looked at the clock and was like, okay, that had only been a little over an hour and a half. It felt like the longest fucking movie. Yeah, <laughs> it, it felt did. like three hours. And we, like, we were not looking forward to it, and this is... I, I tweeted about it, so I, I, you guys have heard that before. I tweet. I'm just assuming, oh, thank God, we're at least going to see the Deadpool trailer. And oh, instead yeah. of the Deadpool trailer... <laughs> Uh, Fox ran a trailer for the Fantastic Four in front of Fantastic Four. Oh, that uh, was incredible. including uh, the release date, and the whole audience was like, "What the? F- what the? F- 
Once it began, I was like, what are they do? Like, what? And that'd be, what? Did, did, like, did, is this somebody's mistake, or do you really want to keep everything away from as far away from this as possible? I don't know. I've, I've never I, seen the trailer for a movie I'm sitting yeah, and Yeah, also, I will say, too, you know... I blame AMC theaters. I was... That, that could certainly mm-hmm. be. Um, I was in a, a press screening, like an early press screening, so with a bunch of press people, but all of them were familiar with the fact that superhero movies often have a little, like, stinger at the end. Oh, yeah. So oh, all yeah. of us were like, oh, I guess we'll just sit through the credits. Even though, like, I don't think anyone in that theater had enjoyed the movie, mm-hmm. they were all like, well, we'll sit through and see if there's at least, like, a fun setup for the yeah. sequel. But the there's cre- nothing. But the creation of Central City and all the introduction of that shit happened so fast that yeah. I was like, there has to be a thing after this because you you didn't do anything at yeah. the end. You yeah. sped this up so much. And also, the balls on them, the balls on them that they end <laughs> the movie with the exact ending of Age of Ultron. Instead of like, saying, like, Avengers, and then cut before he says assemble, mm-hmm. he says, hey, I know the name for this. The fuck? Cut, like, fuck you. If you're refilming this in, but I, in July, yeah. do a different ending. <laughs> yeah, and at least, like, in Age of Ultron, it was like, I, at least I felt it was like a fun ending. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Whereas I in this, like it was like the, the dialogue was so goofy and heavy handed that yeah. I was just like, fuck. you didn't earn I mean, that. that last two minutes dialogue was the worst. It's, like, it's, it's some really of the worst I've ever heard. Terrible. That, that, that it, com- feel, it feels like it was written by a 12 year old. It yeah. feels like, it, like yeah, I mean, this com- isn't going to be the line we're going to use in the movie. No, no, just put it down. Put yeah. it down. We'll change it later. And that conversation—the conversation they have with the government first of just like, well, what if we say no? And then Ben Grimm like sighs or whatever, and then they say, and then Human Torch just say yes, and then they just go to their place like, hey, this place is cool. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. Hey, thing, you're ugly. Hey, hey, don't worry, you but can my, take it. <laughs> All right, what are we going to was- do? All right, this is our name. Nah. Okay, bye. Well, that was yeah. a, well, I'm rewatching the first Fantastic Four movie. I know that's their dynamic, and just like that was my response to every Michael. Ch- Relax, dude. He just said you. Sh- you just said you smelled weird. Like this <laughs> he is a 19- like you're large. You yeah, are large. It's a 1920s insult. Relax. You're gonna be fine. And so I, I honestly admired Reed. Like you can take that. That's, yeah, don't worry like, about it. Fucking yeah. And I heard people repl- saying like, oh, he had this idea of Cronenberg body horror, mm-hmm. and that's like three minutes of the movie at best. No, like, I think there there is some kind of movie in there. There's like that. something. There there. That w- I mean that w- that's one of the the segments in the movie where at least it feels like there was some directorial vision yeah. there of so, like yeah. oh that's interesting I guess. So but- here's here's another big point I want to make about Fantastic mm. Four is that it reminds me of Pootie Tang, <laughs> and that's oh. it's in, and not mm. just because Reggie Cagney, uh, Reggie KG Cagney, whatever his name is, he's not just because he's all in both films, but uh, he plays Dirty D in Pootie Tang. Remember, he's no. like the guy. He's the who is that in in Fantastic Four? Uh, Franklin Richards, the man who plays oh, Franklin Richards, which remember, is in no. Pootie Tang as well. I really like the film Pootie Tang, but you hear Louis C.K. talk about it. He says he made a flaw movie that then the producers took away from them and they then refilmed a lot of it mm-hmm. and so you would have saved a lot of face just by keeping your if your movie's so flawed that, already that's the so that was what louis ck said about pootie tang he said i made a flawed film that i couldn't make good but neither could they and you would at least have had a consistent <laughs> film the entire way through that wasn't great or you could have had an inconsistent film that wasn't great. An interesting and, film. Yeah. 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 So, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I guess if either way was going to be a train wreck, I would have rather have seen a consistent train wreck of one man's vision. Yeah, yeah I would. I would. If love, Drake had that vision, like, I would love to be able to say 
you know, whatever whatever the movie turned out, even if it still turned out bad, I would love to be able to say, well, at least it was, we can tell it was Trank's movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because right now it's very hard to say who who messed up, and it sounds like yeah. there were mess-ups on all sides all yeah. over the place. I mean, it's I, just like a blender just went to, like, three cuts of a movie and just poured out into theaters. And yeah, and the, one of the things I mentioned in my review is, like, you know, we, we keep talking about different members of the cast, Mm-hmm. One of the biggest shames about this movie is that I think it has one of the, the best cast is fantastic. of it's any very, superhero. It's amazing. Cast. It's a very good cast, and ones who are not stars. Like, mm-hmm. he cast actors, not stars. Yeah. Kate Mara is not a star. Miles Teller, he was cast way before Whiplash became a surprise hit. Uh, Mike, Michael B. Jordan, not a star. Oh, see, that was... That was that also Michael made, B. Jordan is so wasted on that film. He, not only is he wasted, like, I guarantee he didn't decide to put that B in his name. And <laughs> I mentioned this on another show... But if Michael Jordan got his SAG card for Space Jam and might force Michael B. Jordan to change his screen name, I'll be very upset. Uh, that film, it's just a waste of so... It's just a waste of so many things. Look how much podcast we got out of it. Yeah, we dig it that. I, so. I do have a question for you guys uh, to to sort of end stuff off. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that's been floating around, obviously, and we, we talked about this a little bit, mm-hmm. is you know Fox made this to keep the rights. Mm-hmm. And then people saying, like, oh, it did so bad. Maybe Fox will sell the rights back to Marvel or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. like a do a Spider-Man like Sony they, they did. did. Well, they did it with Daredevil already. Yeah, they already did. Um, so my question to you guys, though, is at this point, you know, with, with a second reboot that just happened and, and with as bad as it was, mm-hmm. um, obviously similar situation with, with Spider-Man, but mm-hmm. not qu- quite no, like this. Not, not that and, close. And Spider-Man's such a, like, bigger character. Mm-hmm. Um do you think Marvel Studios is, would even be interested? Like, I think it's a point of pride, well, and they, so, they would take it. They yeah. just made an Ant Man movie. That's true. So I, I, ha- yeah. I have to imagine. So it. here's what I think. I I think that I think Marvel themselves will, would wait seven to ten years to make a film called The Fantastic yeah. Four because there is a stink on this. That's well, we already huge. know they're slate like, until 2019. Yeah, but. But yeah, they also have it planned out to 2019. Mm-hmm. And but I, what I, I they could they could bring those characters into other movies and stuff. That would be the I think that's way that's the best it. way to do they it. They can do that. They have that luxury. And the other reason I I Marvel wants them back not just because of the Fantastic Four for Doctor Doom, for Silver Surfer, mm. for Galactus, for Scrolls. Yeah. There's so many things tied up in FF. Uh, supposedly Namor might be maybe or I, might, I he might be with Universalgate or, or, or Universalist. Yeah, or like there's I, like some weird the rights are really it's strange. It's very complex. I the so I want a Namor movie. I could I could 100% <laughs> see Fox can be vindictive because they're a profitable company and they can just say, now nah, we're keeping it. We don't want you to make money. Sony, meanwhile, had a very embarrassing hack and sure. they haven't been making money and they needed a win and making a Spider-Man movie with Marvel Cinematic Universe is a win for them. Yeah, you're right in the sense that like, certainly Fox has the the leeway to, to write this off. Yeah, they can be vindictive. Well, I they're, think- they're just dicks and they're dicks and I know the way that stupid corporate culture works. If a new Fantastic Four movie came out for Marvel Studios, Fox would consider that as if they lost money. We would have movie, made that four hundred million. They will think that, so. that the, in a corporate culture, they'll think that should have been our money. Yeah. That was a big mistake letting that go. Even but though it was money, they couldn't movie. make. They couldn't have made that money. Yes. Uh, I here's what I think will be the you've could, had your chances. Here's what could be the bargaining chip that uh, Fox TV has been very clear that they say. They want to make an X-Men live-action TV series, but they need Marvel's permission because TV is not part of their deal. Mm -hmm. So Fox has something they want from Marvel. Mm. Maybe Marvel just says, you just want more X-Men shit? You just want to make X-Men things? You'll never give us back X-Men? Fine. 
yeah, and give you know, us you've got you've yeah. got Marvel has clearly accepted like we're going to do the Inhumans thing and make that our sort of spin yeah. on on mutants. It makes mm. me so sad the X Men will never be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe probably as long but as I'm alive. But. What I what I will say is like X Men more so you know Fox wanted to have Fantastic Four part of their superhero universe. Yeah, uh, but X Men more so than anything else in the Marvel catalog. Mm. They work all right on their own thing. Yeah. They've got so many mm-hmm. characters and they've got so much complexity that they work as their own separate Believe, thing. I really feel like well. pretty much all of the '90s X Men comics were an island yeah. done to themselves. Basically, yeah, like, they and barely interact. I think I said this on another show, but I think if you counted up all the characters, the X Men cinematic universe has twice the characters of the Marvel cinematic yeah. universe. So, like, if you know, like, I, I would love to see a lot of the mutant characters mm-hmm. and the X Men characters in the Marvel movie, the proper Marvel Studios movies, but I'm, if that's if that's going to be the one Fox thing, I'm fine with that. I would love if Marvel Studios could still get back the Fantastic Four, and particularly like you said, characters like Silver Surfer and Galactus and Doctor Doom, like those yeah. could be, those characters could be so huge in the Marvel cinematic universe. I just want to <sighs> see Hugh Jackman in Infinity War. Is that so? Just yeah. Whatever deal you have to that cut. That would be nice. Just uh, for a second. So yeah, I guess... In the end, the Fantastic Four movie is not good. I give at it an all. eight out of ten. It's really. <laughs> I give it a seven. I give it a seven out of ten. The worst score possible. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's it's right. not good. It is a waste of your time. And yeah, I I did want to point people to. I did an article on the site called 10 Fantastic Four Comics Better Than the Film." Mm-hmm. Which one commenter pointed out that said, you could have written one million Fantastic Four comics better than the film, and I had to believe that, and that is true. But, um, so, there, there, you guys should check that out if you want suggestions of good Fantastic Four books to read. Mm-hmm. Though, last week's question of the week was asking the audience what their favorite Fantastic Four comic was. And, Phil, did you have a particular favorite? Oh, gosh. Uh, we can come back to you. Off the top of my head, um, I'll, I'll just go with... Uh, anything from Hickman's run. Um, yeah. You know, I, I know you guys were just talking about Secret War and, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, it not being necessarily the best stuff that Hickman mm-hmm. has ever done. Um, I think Secret War builds on a lot of what he was doing in his Fantastic Four run. Oh, yeah. But Wonder I think Avengers. that stuff works better mm-hmm. in Fantastic Four. I think there's like a... Hickman has such a, a love of like weird science and, and like... Cosmic horseshit. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and that stuff fits so Very well, well with what the Fantastic Four does. And also he just built a... He had two books running at one time it was fantastic four and ff mm-hmm. yeah. um, future foundation future mm-hmm. foundation yeah and uh and he built up such a great idea of the fantastic four um not just as as superheroes not as just as a superhero team but as a family as a family of explorers yeah. and and that that's that was like that that really captured the the heart of the fantastic mm-hmm. four for me. yeah i said uh, i wrote in the article hickman was one of the 10 i named hickman's run i felt it had ups and downs and some Certainly. storytelling inconsistencies i didn't like but i did say i think Hickman might be the best writer of Reed Richards ever sure. because like he is in love with the sciencey stuff that Richards is yeah, as well. That's and, a that's a very fair point, I think. Uh, so the answers from the, that our uh, community had in the forums. First off, Super Giraffe said. I'm not as well read on the FF as I should be, but I really enjoyed the Fraction All Red run from a couple years ago. It may not count because it was about a weird replacement team rather than the actual Fantastic Four, but I thought it was great. It really got that the best Fantastic Four stories are about family, and you wound up with a huge cast of really well-developed characters. Plus, the All Reds do some of the best artwork in comics. I I wanted to plug Super Giraffe's Twitter, because you see the thing he tweeted to us today of, uh, it was a Batman comic that used a Snoopy comic as inspiration, like word for word. 
word inspiration. I'll show uh, it to you before you. It's I'll, just, I'll tell the audience real quick that if if you recall when Snoopy would do the strips where he says it's a dark and stormy night. Yeah, he'd write a book and on his. He'd, his he'd house. write a book, a hacky book, and so this was a three-page uh, like fill-in story for Batman mm-hmm. that had pretty much verbatim the it was a dark and stormy night and then he held her hand and then a shot rang out and the maid screamed and it was it, but it was a batman story happening to the <laughs> to snoopy's narration. words like that was it, that was pretty apparently cool. a deliberate tribute to snoopy oh, yeah, from like totally. uh, dc really neat uh jjb sterling said uh i can't really put my finger on why uh i'm not the biggest ff fan but i most enjoy the characters as part of the larger marvel universe mm. Uh, if I had to pick one on a technicality, it would be the Books of Doom, Origin of Doom comic from a while ago, which is Dave's homework, but Dave Rudden is not here to discuss his homework, so we're going to have to hear from him next week on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, our good buddy Triscutable, they said, uh, Spidey's first meeting with the Fantastic Four in the very first issue of Amazing Spider-Man. It's not only one of the first times Marvel introduced the idea of crossovers within continuity, but it's also an overall excellent story showing the FF operating as both a team and a family. Was that a was that Spider-Man doing the Bagman thing? No, the, no, this is Amazing okay. Spider-Man number one, where Spider-Man breaks into the Baxter building and oh, says, yeah. hey, would you hire me? Sure, sure. And by the way, guys, here's a quick trivia question for you guys. I know the answer to it. They said uh, that that is one of the one of the earliest crossovers within continuities between the Marvel books. What was the first time a Marvel character from one book met a Marvel character from another book within a book? It was a Fantastic Four one. No, it was not Fantastic no. Four one. It was Fantastic Four though, and it was just before the publishing of Amazing Spider-Man number one. Give yeah. you a hint. Hmm. It was somebody big and green. Oh, Hulk. The Hulk appeared in a Fantastic Four book, and mm-hmm. like they're walking in the catacombs, and they just bump into the Hulk on their way to fight Mole Man, mm-hmm. and then the Hulk and the Thing have like a three-panel exchange, and then they just separate. Lovely. And it was it was clearly just Stanley saying, "We need to advertise that Hulk book. Ain't nobody <laughs> buying it." All right, I'm appearing in FF. I love that too, though, because it, it's like without you know any intention for this, I'm sure, mm. but it's. It kind of sets up that like long history that the Hulk and the Thing have of constantly yes. bumping into each other yeah. and hating and each again, other, sharing action is, figure molds. Oh, to see a film, a live action, oh, big budget film oh, thing of the Thing fighting the Hulk—that would be. Think the... of what Fox Studios could do with that. <laughs> uh, uh, Hitler, me this Batman says. Uh, I'm going with <laughs> Ultimate Fantastic Four, but also Daredevil Yellow because mm. in it. Uh, uh, Matt Murdock is the lawyer for the Fantastic Four early on in their mm. careers, and so it's this interesting thing about how, uh, how the real world, the legal implications of being a superhero, and also because artist Tim Sale draws a great Fantastic Four, and he also just gave a quick mention to Unstable Molecules, mm-hmm. which is this really weird like side book about the real quote unquote real life people that inspire the Fantastic Four which is this strange family of like 1960s scientists Hmm. and like Johnny falls in with a bunch of like drug addled beatniks and then uh, Ben Grimm makes a pass at Sue during a party and it's it's really weird it's kind (laughs) of like a basically madman with the Fantastic Forecast Uh, the Chris of Zorro which I guess is like the Mark of Zorro but the Chris of Zorro sure I'm a Zorro Uh, my favorite one on FF is Dwayne McDuffie's run uh, he had to handle. Uh, he had he had to handle Black Panther and Storm taking the place of Reed and Sue, and it was great. He also ended the run on a nice note when Mister Fantastic is asked what the smallest group of people it takes to change the world. Reed just smiles and says, 
four. I feel like that's a real interview softball for Reed. Like, if you ask him to name a number, <laughs> what else is he going to Ask him say? the hard questions. Yeah. Where's the backstory like any num- funding? any number he just always yeah. says for it. It's like, no, Reed, that doesn't make any... <laughs> but he's so smart, he could say, like, oh, no, it does equal four, and there, here's why. There, there are four people in the whole world. <laughs> uh, Finding Player 2 says, I think the answers aren't found in issues per se, but the best Fantastic Four stories are Ice Station Impossible from Venture Brothers <laughs> and also Batman, Batman Beyond's Heroes with the terrific trio. Now, a lot of people don't know this. There's an episode of Fantas- of uh, the Batman Beyond show mm-hmm. where three... I didn't get this when I originally watched it either, but a bunch of scientists go into outer space and come back with powers... Mm-hmm. But it turns out they're actually supervillains uh, pretending to be heroes, and then Batman Beyond has to fight them. And but they have they basically the three of them have the combined powers of the Fantastic Four just portioned out a little differently. That remi- I forget who sent me that joke. The best Fantastic Four movie is still The Incredibles. <laughs> yeah, and, and in both of them they play up the tragic horror. One for laughs in Venture Brothers, mm-hmm. and the other for drama of sorts in Terrific Trio. So. And then the last one was from Kelshaw, which uh, I have queued up there on the YouTube video on the on the thing. Let me give it a quick Ooh. intro. I didn't know that it existed, but from the TV show Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes, in one episode, it had my dream come true of a live action thing, but in a well-produced cartoon of Doctor Doom kidnaps a couple of uh, like Sue Storm and an Avenger, and then the Avengers and Fantastic Four invade his Latvarian castle and he fights all of them Mm. and it's an amazing shot and pretty much it's all just going to be sound effects on that video but from where i paused it there's a really cool exchange between iron man and dr doom dude you can't win this i'm going to give you one chance here surrender doom does not surrender take it and boom explosions all over the place <laughs> and it's just this really cool fight that just shows how Doom could logically fend off the entire mm-hmm. Avengers. What if that was Avengers Five? Mm-hmm. And and the fight <laughs> ends great too because Doom is recognizing that he simply can't beat their numbers. He's just holding them off, and so then he just walks up to his throne and sits down and says, "Fine, just take Sue and get out of my country." See, no one's looking at the reality of like we're, every. Everything's becoming one business anyway, and it's just a matter of time before Disney buys Fox. It'll all they'll buy Sony first. It'll all happen, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I know. See, it has to be the closest thing to competition. There can't. It wouldn't really be competition, but there still has to be two things. So I think in the end, it will be Fox and Disney. I think those will be the two left. And the book Uh, you're forgetting about NBC Universal. NBC Universal company owned by Comcast. NBC Universal. Cable Town and yes, Stockus Wigs. What was the wig? Stock is forecasted to be up in about two years. <laughs> oh, by the way, did you guys know Josh Trank has a cameo in Arrested Development season I four? Yes, heard about FF that thing. Yeah, as, the the as the lawyer who gives the lawyer who gives the assist to Tobe. That's Tobias. the best on-screen appearance from the Fantastic Four. <laughs> you got to help Dad get his rocks off. <laughs> I'm here to show her my thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right all right we we need to call today i mean well first off in the in the forums and in the comments i do want to hear everybody else's thoughts on the fantastic mm-hmm. four mm-hmm. what you thought of the movie and we read the, the reactions next what did week. you think of it what did yeah. you why did, why did you not see it what will why make you, see you not it? see it did we sell you on seeing it like i would say it's not even a good like train wreck to watch either yeah no there's it's an interesting it's, train wreck 
it's interesting, but the as news we were saying, like it's the stuff surrounding it that's interesting. Yeah. Like the movie itself, the cloud it's shot kind of boring. Yeah, the movie. What's more fun is doing an autopsy on the film to try yeah. to figure out what was yeah, here what and it. like remix it in your brain of what the film would. Yeah, you know what? Have you guys watched or watch? Have you listened to the How Did This Get Made podcast before? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I I cannot wait for the How Did This Get Made on <laughs> on yeah. Fantastic Four. Well, I know Josh Trank shouldn't be spouting his mouth off, but the the reality is he's going to movie jail. Yeah, he's Whether, gonna, no matter what he says, yeah. I just I hope he's not sued for tens of millions of dollars. Uh, but he's going nice. to movie jail. But if, as long as he's a pro, he's, he is the promising director we all thought he was and has another idea, he'll make it. Well, and, movie. and he you know he said uh, a while ago he was mm-hmm. supposed to direct the Star, Star Wars. Wars Rogue One anthology yep. film, mm-hmm. um, and then was removed from it. There's been some some scuttlebutt about like. Maybe he was removed by Disney because mm-hmm. they heard from Fox that he was a problem director, mm-hmm. um, or, or maybe he went by himself. His his statement was that he wanted to uh, not be doing someone else's IP. He wanted to do an original thing, and he wanted to be not under public scrutiny so much. There was so a, I, I hope I hope he gets to make something original, and I hope it's good. Was I, really, I still want him to be. There was a, good a really director. interesting article somewhere about these tentpole superhero movies plucking out it, promising directors out of obscurity and essentially ruining their career forever. Yeah, sure. Like, and that's that's well, that's sad. The other example I've heard of that compared to this is. What if Edgar Wright had quit Ant-Man after filming it instead of before? Mm. Like, this is the same situation where maybe they just should have cut Josh Trank beforehand and just hired a Peyton why they prefer the, right? Why they prefer those kinds of directors. Yeah. The ones that are easier to control have, have less of a vision to compete and he still with does a, Like, Peyton Reed still did a great... He did a great job, but he yeah. also is more like, yeah, I, I have an artistic vision, but let's work together. Well, meanwhile, Edgar Wright... I, uh, like Edgar Wright should be given every latitude to say, "I'm going to make my fucking movie," and I, in my mind, I think, "Yeah, just let Edgar Wright make his movie; it'll be brilliant because he's great." Okay, let yeah, us know but, your thoughts. All right, we yeah, gotta go. put, put it in the comments. We've been going over long, but it's it's so hard not to just talk forever about. Phil, it plug Fantastic away. Form. Yeah, Phil, plugs. I'm on Twitter. <laughs> just go to twitter.com. There I am. Okay. <laughs> Twitter.com/slash pcoller. P-K-O-L-L-A-R. Uh, I'm also, of course, over at Polygon.com, where I mostly write about video games, but sometimes comic book and movie stuff. A couple things that I'll plug real quick. I've got my Fantastic Four review, which I would love for everybody to read. Um, We also had a really interesting article and a video go up Mm -hmm. uh, recently about uh, what is the Suicide Squad. So if you've seen that Suicide Squad trailer and you're not very familiar with the comics... Um, we have an article explaining each of the characters mm. who are in this movie, where they come from in the comics, and whether or not they're going to die in the movie. Ah. Um, just sort of our predictions, obviously. Uh, and, and then I'm working on something similar for uh, Batman Superman, so in the near cool. future. I also Chris, believe I we... think we should rip off those ideas. Uh, we already have a competing article with Phil, which is the ranking of Rare Replay games. Oh, true. you are totally yes. wrong. No, yeah, I, 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 I want to read yours. No, don't bother. Except Blastcore is number one, but I Blastcore is so good. I, I like. I can't even be mad at that. It. Like it's so good. And in our last was not Perfect Dark Zero. You had a great reasoning for Perfect Dark Zero being last, but mm. our, we My, honestly those like ZX Spectrum games fucking suck, <laughs> man. Uh, you're actually calling it the ZX Spectrum. I uh, work yeah. for British people. So sure, that's, sure. Uh, uh, great in my head. I, I actually so I don't make a lot of lists at at Polygon. Mm. I don't get the opportunity to. So when I do, I, I like making statements with them. Mm. Yeah. And so, so in my mind, I was like, I want number 30 to be a statement. Yeah. And for me, making a Perfect Dark Zero is a statement. And that statement is Perfect Dark Zero really fucking sucks. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Still never played it. Nah, never played I, a Perfect Dark game. But the ZX Spectrum games are... I, I don't even think necessarily... Ooh. And I think the reason that I put them a little bit higher than, than Perfect Dark Zero is that I don't even necessarily think those are bad. They're just... Mm-hmm. 
impossible to go back to if you yeah, didn't play them. They're fucking Edison reels. It so. is interesting to exactly. play them. Yeah. That's exactly it. It is interesting to play <laughs> they them. They sound with... like a modem failing to dial up <laughs> all it, the time. It's an interesting experiment to play them as people who grew up with an NES to mm-hmm. then play a thing that's older than it yeah. and you have removed, you have no nostalgia for it. Yeah. It, it's an interesting experiment. I mean, and I think like a lot of NES games that we played growing up, it would probably be the same for somebody who didn't grow up with them to like yeah, go back yeah. and be like, Except hey, for Cobra Triangle. Try and, Cobra Triangle's so good. Oh, I love it. <laughs> try, try, and play, try and play the original Final Fantasy, and they're like, what, what is this yeah. bullshit? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but for plugs on the Laser Time Network, I mean... Patreon.com slash Laser Time. we got to cut it short. Patreon.com slash Laser Time. Go there to support us. <laughs> uh, and we have all those extra shows. Bonus time. we got the Monday Night Movies. we got Talking Simpsons regularly on the show. we got Laser Midget Time. Game Apocalypse. Laser Time Podcast.com. Oh, I did write an article Cheap I podcast. want to plug. You it's, wrote it. It's been something I've been dying to do. It is, uh, as a top seven, but it's the top seven product placement in animated movies. Oh, it doesn't happen very nice. often, but I wanted to find seven awful instances of it. I really had fun doing it. That's that was awesome. really good. All right. Thank you very much, Phil, again, for coming. We'd love to have you back Thank any you other time. Thank you for having me. Next time there's a Fantastic Four movie in your review, we will have you back. But no, <laughs> well, we'll have you sooner than that. But anyway, thanks. 2022. And, and until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior!